That's so weird. He's got like five mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy. <laughs> he just ate a pigeon, a live pigeon. What the fuck's going on down there? Don't eat live pigeons. That's that's not recommended. That's like eating roadkill. You should not do that unless you're a trained oh. YouTube professional. This is also the start of the show. Hi, Seth. Okay, well, also in the state of California, there's a proposal to make it legal to eat roadkill. I didn't know it was illegal to eat roadkill. It is in the state of California. But you also have to uh, apply for permission to eat the roadkill. So you just I, can't eat wh- any old roadkill? Like, there's some sort of check uh, going on? Who's checking? The state. Like, is there? Is it like, okay, okay, okay. So I don't pe- know. I don't know. people with the radar gun. They sit on the corner of the road, and they with the radar gun, and they catch you going fast. Is it like if you, like, run out onto the road, you take, like, a run-over animal, and you take a bite out of it, like, like a, a roadkill officer, like, leaps out of a bush and goes, like, you're not! Approved to do. Show me your papers. Show me your roadkill eating papers. Uh, the local news report about it was very short and severely lacking in details. Okay. <laughs> Everything you said raised questions. I know that they raised <laughs> questions for us too when we saw it on the local news the other I, morning. I, okay. I can't dwell on this. Just the part where it's like, no, it's legal now. I'm like, what was happening before it was legal? No, it's not legal. It's okay. Now it's not legal. There's a proposal to make it legal to apply for permission to eat the roadkill. Who proposed this? I I don't know. (laughs) And we've got Mr. Bloodfang from the ravenous roadkill cannibal party in the back. Yes. I want to eat roadkill. Well, there's the guy that brought the dead raccoon into the San Francisco McDonald's a few weeks ago. Or a Is month ago or whatever proposed? it was. I don't like that I got arrested for carrying my food into that McDonald's that I was told was illegal. <laughs> Just because it was trailing blood everywhere. Uh, Seth, we... Turns out, you and I podcasted about Toy Fair before Toy Fair happened. That's correct. Because we podcasted about the pre-Toy Fair, pre-Veal, pre-Reveal previews. And uh, that ended up being a majority of the reveals at Toy Fair. So uh, me and uh, Aaron and TJ did the big ass uh, on the the day of Toy Fair podcast. And if I were to walk through it with you, it would be you and me repeating ourselves for at least 40 minutes of it. Yeah. So I figured we'll just kind of skip around a bit. Uh, There's only one here. Uh, that I really want to talk about with you because it was something that came out after we recorded and it's fairly big news. But otherwise, I just want this to be I want this to be your personal Toy Fair toy fepilogue. Uh, so to kick things off, let's just get your thoughts. So they they kind of out. I still think out of nowhere revealed not only Transformers Ghost Ghostbusters as a crossover thing with a full on Voyager sized figure of an Ecto one based on the Combiner Wars Onslaught Hotspot uh, skeleton. Uh, it's called Ectotron. It's also getting a five-issue comic book series out of IDW in June. Uh, appears to be in the IDW Ghostbusters art style. And the covers definitely seem to imply that it's all about the ghost of Starscream turning up. Uh, and oh. the Transformers <laughs> sending 
Ectotron to Earth to figure out what's going on, where he's <laughs> going to buddy up with the Ghostbusters. It all sounds wonderful. So the IDW Ghostbusters have had a crossover before um, with, uh, among other things, they, they had a really good crossover with uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, and that crossover was great because it was actually fully in continuity with both series um, in a way that worked perfectly. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. But there's a figure, there's a comic book series. Uh, Seth, how are you feeling about uh, the Ecto-1 turning into a robot? I thought it was kind of coming out of nowhere when I saw it splashed all over Twitter. Um, I was like, well, that's fun. I, I don't know how that works, like why they would do that. And completely forgetting about Ghost Starscream. Mm-hmm. Now it all makes sense. Of course, it's a story involving Ghost Starscream. So uh yeah, I mean it's a fun thing. I don't I'm not that hardcore of a Ghostbuster fan that that I that I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get this no matter what. Um it depends on availability and whatnot. Um but I think yeah, it's a fun thing to do. Like why not? It's it's gonna be out in the summer, it's gonna be at a GameStop over in your country. So you might just be wandering through GameStop, and you'll just see this G1 looking box with the, the Ecto One in it. Be like, all yeah, right, there it's going to be like jacked up price or some GameStop no, nonsense. They're being locked in, I think. At the, I think it's at a forty dollar MSRP that uh-huh. they're being locked in on because they have pre-orders up, and I think it's it was still the same price. So uh, over here in Canada, you got to get yourself that that Platinum Edge card, and you get another ten percent off. Yeah, uh, or or wait a couple weeks and get a used one for two dollars cheaper they don't do used toys yet i'm gonna say yet in real big bold face because they have definitely got a lot of funko pops in there that they seem to want to get rid of they did uh, uh used toys to life figures for a while they might still for all i know oh i could get used starlink and get in on that action before it goes up in value when it turns into a Star Fox game do you see the uh the not the sequel I guess but like the next chapter for Starlink is just straight up Star Fox? Yeah, I saw a trailer for it. <laughs> it's like you know what? Sure, it's I don't know who any of the other characters are at a glance. They all look like Star Fox spaceships to me. Um, as a total casual, I should say. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ectotron is happening. We got since the last podcast, we did get more info on that comic book, which made me real excited because. Basically, a whole lot of us were going like, if this comic book isn't about Starscream's ghost, then someone actually screwed up. And uh, yeah, thankfully... I'm embarrassed that I forgot that ah. Starscream's ghost would be the thing that made that make sense. I mostly know about it because the first thing people said when they showed the Slimer accessory was a whole bunch of people going like, why is that Slimer and not Starscream's ghost? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Why? And then, you know, it's Slimer. Um, but yeah, we uh, we also talked... So we talked about a lot of those Siege reveals. Um, for just about everything we talked about, the only new stuff, for the most part, was just, like, more details on how they work, uh, which we went into in detail in that last recording. Um, yeah, I saw a bunch of pictures of a guy holding up a jet... Or a Skyfire, or a Jetfire, or whatever name they're going with. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of info about that, that Jetfire that that fleshed it out a whole lot more. Uh, it's got a lot of cool engineering tricks on it. Yeah. Well, it looks like they do a really good job of tucking the robot parts into the jet. So it's not just like a box of robot underneath yeah. a jet. <clears throat> yeah, and there's cool stuff like like the spring-loaded door behind the robot head that the robot head goes into. 
So like when you fold them up, like the robot head just goes into the backpack uh, and you don't, you don't have to open the backpack. There's just a little door that sucks the head in. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And he's got, he's got handles on the bottom so people can hang off of him like GI Joe toys uh, and get airlifted in. And I was like, that's real cool. And it's also like GI Joe is in fact so dead that its action features are just showing up on Transformers now. <sighs> Did you see that the... The G.I. Joe Collectors Club, uh, they, they literally called it, like, the final 12 or whatever. Like, their their yeah. last subscription series. I was like, man, <laughs> this is just, like... I, I got an email from Uncle Brian, too, recently. Uh-oh. I haven't gotten an email from him in ages, and it was like, hey, former Transformers and G.I. Joe subscribers or whatever, we're having our final sale now. If you want to buy a bunch of our stuff from our warehouse. And I was like, do they still have Transformers stuff? So I went and looked, and it was all G.I. Joe. And uh, yeah, that's all happening. Um, um, isn't there a did did I see pictures of a GI Joe card game? Uh, okay, so I thought for a second, yeah, what it is is Ultra Pro, who uh, who do sleeves and card cases and binders, uh, and have a bunch of Hasbro licenses revealed at Toy Fair a bunch of GI Joe sleeves and deck boxes, but no actual card game. Oh. So you can get Cobra sleeves, you can get 80s G.I. Joe art sleeves. Uh, my main reaction to that was I was like, y'all were on the Transformers, unofficial Transformers TCG Facebook group for weeks uh, in the summer saying you were going to have new Transformers card stuff coming out specifically for the new game. Because they had sleeves and binders out with Transformers logos on them, but they were like, oh, we're doing new stuff and stuff for the oversized cards. And I was like, okay. And then they disappeared, and now it's 2019, and none of that's ever come out. So I was like, okay, what? Now they're at Toy Fair saying they have GI Joe sleeves. Like, what's? Come on, y- y'all, you're letting me down. But yeah, there's no GI Joe game that I'm aware of. Um, if I missed it, I missed it. But Seth, you could get uh, Cobra sleeves for your cards. Great. I'll be the coolest at the gathering of magic. Or you can use it. Don't you have? Aren't there D and D cards of some kind? Yu Gi Oh. Oh what? Um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards are smaller than standard size. They yeah, there's there's spell cards. I don't know if they're of the correct uh, proportions. Oh, you should sleeve your spell cards in cobra sleeves. Yeah, uh, be, I don't use spell cards though. Um, uh, oh, hey, hot tip: if you play Dungeons and Dragons and you decide to make a monk character, mm-hmm. and you think it would be a good idea to buy the martial abilities card pack, so you could have cards for all your monk abilities don't uh oh the monk cards aren't for your aren't for like your key abilities it's ridiculous they're completely useless that is a bummer to hear (laughs) i've i've not had that happen specifically to me but i've almost bought things for warhammer kill team that it turns out would have been of very little use to me I hate it when card yeah. stuff like that is not properly marked. It's just like, come on. Well, I'm going through, I, I buy the pack and I'm like rifling through the cards because there's abilities, cards for abilities for a bunch of different classes. And it's like, oh, boy, there's a lot of cards for fighters. Well, that makes sense. They have a lot of different martial abilities. Do, 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 do. Fighters, oh, these guys, these guys. Oh, here's the monk cards. What? There's like four of them. Wait a minute. What are they for? Oh, nothing that I can do. <laughs> like these are all abilities my guy doesn't have great um, wonderful my apologies speaking on behalf <laughs> of uh of Wiz- uh yeah yeah wizards i almost said tsr speaking on behalf of wizards of the coast yep. uh, i apologize <laughs> um 
So that's uh, that's kind of the, the bulk of the Siege news. Studio Series, there were some new reveals. I don't remember how much we talked about any of these, because I can't remember which. I think we only had two. The main ones that we saw that were new after we recorded were uh, the Optimus with the Circle trailer, uh, the Drift that turns into the Space Helicopter, and Hightower, the Constructicon, who turns into the Velociraptor Man with the human head, uh, who I'm quite excited about. Yeah. Did you see Hightower? Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that art? Yeah, yeah, he's neat. Yeah. Uh, any other any other studio series stuff that kind of caught your eye? No studio series. I think I'm on record as not being all that into it. Yeah. Same thing with Cyberverse, right? Like it's not really a yeah. thing. Did yeah. you see the the new Sharkticon in Cyberverse? No. So it's kind of just skip the Cyberverse stuff. I'll send you a photo of the Sharkticon. All right. If I can find that easily. Because it's kind of like the one that we got in Generations, but bigger, uh-huh. but with a new torso with a spinning gimmick in it. Ooh. Spinning so, gimmicks. Yeah, his, to- his, oh, yeah. his arms spin around. It's kind of like the classic very Prime. similar. Yeah. yeah. But he's, uh, he's physically larger, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that uh, Classics one was tiny. Yeah. You gotta have make room for the mechanism. Yep. It's it's actually that I think it's like that two pack classics prime gimmick where the torso span. Uh except oh, this one there. Yeah. This one on this one the head stays still. Helicopter Prime. Yeah, this is helicopter Ganaw. <laughs> um Cool. Aside from that, let me just look at my list one more time. Uh oh yeah, that I don't think we talked about this. The masterpiece uh version two Bumblebee. Uh Oh yeah. It was revealed yeah. both at Wonderfest and Toy Fair before we ended up having a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I think I'm happy with the masterpiece Bumblebee I have. Mm. Like there's there's things about it I appreciate and things about it I don't care for. Like I hate his feet. I hate the feet. I think the feet are terrible. Oh jeez. Um I th- So I I've gone back and forth on the face, like on the head sculpt. Mm-hmm. Um at first I thought it looked silly. And then I saw um some pictures going around where somebody traced over pictures of the face and it's super cartoon accurate once you flatten it out into two dimensions. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, well, that's cool. I don't, for me, that, that face doesn't work in three dimensions. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just don't like it three dimensional. So in this case, it's, it's similar to your problem with MP plus blue streak, except that MP plus blue streak, I think you felt was actually a legit failure to capture the face. Yeah. And you had support in the thread. Someone was, was yelling that they were happy. Someone was calling. Yeah, here we go. Caxton. (laughs) Was was like I had the exact same reaction. So yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So like I I was I appreciated it more when I saw that person trace over it and yeah. to demonstrate how it is very accurate. Uh, I just I just don't like it in three dimensions. <laughs> yeah. The the take I saw on it that I thought was a good one for someone who doesn't like it is like they did a very good job of capturing something that it turns out I don't like. Three dimensions. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, this, yeah, just, you know, 
give them props that they they did do it and then it turns out doing it is not something you're into (laughs) yeah and i'm just okay with like i can see if you really want to lean into that more cartoon accurate style that a lot of the the recent masterpiece figures have been and you don't feel certain ones like an older prime or this older bumblebee sideswipe what have you fit then i i don't take your desire for something different that fits better i i don't i don't think that that is a wrong thing to do like go do get what is what's going to make your shelf more of what you want it to be mm-hmm. uh, i have become comfortable with my shelf being a little mismatchy in that regard like i don't I don't feel like I need a new sideswipe. Like I like the sideswipe just well enough as it is. And I don't need a new bumblebee. Um, mm. I like the one I have enough. Um, I was into that new prime until it was $400. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, the prime I got isn't that bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, don't, don't base getting it on what I got to say because uh, you got to do what you like. Yeah. There, you go. there are no obligations except to yourself. Yeah. Um, Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. Well, Seth, we, we also had, we talked about the Super except 7. It is. What? Whoa. <laughs> we talked about the Super 7 Optimus and Megatrons, what have all the internal Greebly stuff. Yeah, and those are garbage compared to the Halloween buckets of Megatron and Optimus Prime. Yeah, I'm going to send you the link just so you can jump right to it. Uh, Which are garbage compared to the um, the, the, the Halloween bucket, the oh. Halloween bucket of uh, Skeletor, which is the only good choice for Halloween of all their Halloween buckets. I kind of like the Megatron one because he looks really like nonplussed. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, his head's hollowed out. Yeah, but he's like, he's not mad about it. He's not into it. He's just kind of like, all right, well, this is happening. I'm a bucket now. Um, Seth, they're doing reaction Transformers figures. Right. Uh, of, uh, you know, four of the main of the main bunch. Uh, Megatron Soundwave, Optimus Bumblebee. Um, oh, wow. Starscream. Wow. It's supposed to be Megatron, Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and Starscream. Period. Who's Starscream? He's a ghost exactly <laughs> that's for the clear variant later on uh but yeah well we, they I, can't do the clear variant until they do the regular version no they just it'll be like with unite warriors combiner wars they'll just do the clear version of starscream look super seven is based in san francisco and we all know what those people are like Whoa. they don't know what they're doing take away the transformers license jiminy cricket did you go to to a convention to yell at them to their face that the, the stuff they make is crap that was the thing no. we were talking about last time. No, I have talked to people from Super 7 at two Santa Rosa Toy Cons in a row, and uh, they seem like uh, nice boys. You could have um, told them off. I, I did tell one of them that I would totally be down for an Ultimate Edition Trap Jaw, and they thought I meant Classics Trap Jaw, and they said, we're doing that. I went, no way. He goes, yeah, Classics Trap Jaw coming soon. And I said, no, no, the Ultimate, like, with the Skeletor and He-Man that you did. And then the guy went, oh. And he was sad. 
<laughs> because you, they aren't doing that. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but the Super 7 dude did an interview with Pixel Nan at their Toy Fair booth. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it wait, was, no, I did see that. that yeah, the one where I, he was super, like, done with, with being yeah, nice. Yeah, I liked that he, interview a lot. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. <laughs> I liked it a lot. He was just like, hey, listen, if your toy's broken, send it back to us. We'll send you a new one. If the head has a paint app you don't like, take picture of it. Send it back to us. We'll send you a new one. Here you go. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like a dude who has been in, he's interacted with toy Twitter and the folks who heavy collect classics toys. And he sounds about as done with it as I would be after yeah. enough of that stuff. Yeah. I don't remember if that was the guy from two Santa Rosa toy cons ago that I talked to about trap jaw. It might have been, Oh no, but I, he wasn't at, the last toy con you, you like i know him. he wasn't at the last toy con because there was two guys one dude was taller with a dark beard and the other guy was latino you caught him before he got broken by toy twitter <laughs> <laughs> if you if you asked him that same thing and had that same conversation now you're like oh no i meant like the ultimate one. he'd be like oh well i guess what we do isn't good enough for you uh, you know what you could do is you could take this classic trap jaw and just stick it in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if it was that guy the first time, he was very nice. Yeah, and then he struck the, me as the a two nice guys guy. last time were very nice. <laughs> he, he struck me as I, I looked at the comments in that interview. Where people were like, "I can't believe the unprofessionality of this man. He deals with customers." And I was kind of like, "I've I've watched you all talk about He Man since like '09. I think that he probably is justified in his tone." Is what I'll say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, reaction transformers. Reaction transformers. Uh, I think that th uh, four and a half of these sculpts look really good. I think Bumblebee's head. I'm cool with the MP, the new MP one. This is the one that lost me because this is like is <laughs> like we did all the stuff in the MP one and then we stretched a bit more and then gave him bigger horns and I'm just like, oh god, it's uh, <laughs> what's happening. Uh, that's a hard head to capture. But the other three, like the body on Bumblebee looks good. And then the, the whole of Optimus, Soundwave, and Megatron, I think look pretty good. I'm just sort of bummed out that reaction still means Kenner posability. Because I'm like, I could have gone for elbows and knees on these and I probably would yeah. legit buy them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I will count or I will hide my response to these in my general feeling toward reaction figures. So the original reaction figures were those lost molds for the unproduced alien uh, toy line that, mm. that Kenner was going to do. Those, I thought, were really cool when they came out because they were legit sculpts from that time period. Um, all the ones since then, I haven't been able to care about in the least little bit because they're not true to that style because they're not from that time period um sometimes i think they they pull it off better than others but i think most of the time reaction just look like cheap little figures i think that um, i think a lot of the funko era of reaction was the 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 pits of that uh yeah. the super seven new era that they're going into like their stuff at least their stuff at least looks like there's there's passion behind the sculpts. The Funko era, right. there were times where it looked like a computer was printing them off. Yeah. Um, so that being said, when I look at these prototype, gray prototypes of these Transformer ones, 
Um, I think these are the best looking ones I've seen since those original alien ones and not because they look accurate to the time period um, for like a G1 figure, because then they would be uh, more based on um, ah, the little untransformable action masters action master i knew action was in the name and i couldn't remember the rest of it ah. they they would be that more action master proportion um but i'm fine with them not being accurate to that as long as they look good and i think these sculpts look good yeah and it, the thing that kind of bummed me out is that action masters even had knees and so yeah. i'm like these ones don't have knees is is Kind of letting me down, and I understand sort of what the goal of reaction is, but I'm like, and I said this about the SDF one that they put out as well. It's like there is, I think, a time and place for elbows and knees to fit into reaction, and like that SDF one not having elbow, not not having at least bent arms to look like it does 99% of its entire life, uh-huh. uh, I thought was a uh, just a huge buzzkill. Like I was into that SDF one. And I kind of assumed, oh, they must have slipped elbows in there. And then I looked, I was like, no, they didn't. Okay, well, this is completely lost me now and yeah. th- these ones at least like you know there's a precedent for stock standing soul transformers these these look a little bit like decoys as well they look a little bit like the uh the stamp toppers um for the, the handful of those that they made way back in the day the um, pcv figures yes uh like i had a wheeljack uh, on top of a stamp and you could stamp his alt mode on things Ooh. um so there's something about these i like but the yeah. the Kenner posability plus the part where when I see them in a comic store in Canada, they are very likely going to be twenty to thirty bucks a piece. Uh, yeah, is, is a total buzzkill for me. <laughs> yeah i I may encounter them at Target. I see reaction figures at Target. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. And and it's also going to be like, how do they look once they're colored? Because mm. speaking of Super Seven and robots. They showed a Voltron. Oh, the... Uh, I had to read this a few times. The Masters of the Universe Classics styled Voltron. And I looked at it and I was kind of like, you could just call it Four Horsemen's Voltron figure. You know, like, that would make it, more it, sense. <laughs> well, it's something about the curves. It's something about the colors. To my eye, it looks like those eraser toys but huge yeah i kind of get it kind of get what you mean on the voltron specifically yeah like the certain flatness to it that's that's how and i round, took it like a flatness to the colors and then like a like an unsaturated element to the colors yeah like a dullness and then like how roundy uh the all the corners are it looks like it's made out of erasers. <laughs> There's something about the roundness where I'm like, I guess that's the Masters of the Universe classicsness to it. But like, I was staring at it. I was looking at the articulation, the jointing. I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing about this unless like on the very internal skeleton level, there's a bunch of shared stuff. I assume I was like, uh, maybe they're not the ones marketing it as this. But I was like, this should just be called a Four Horsemen's designed Voltron figure. <laughs> so Four Horsemen sculpted it. Yeah, um, they do all the the MOTUC stuff, so all those new licenses being done in that style. There was Voltron, there was one other one, or two other ones. No, I thought thought they were out of it. Well, there's Conan? You mean the Conan? Yeah, the Conan, that's right. 
So uh, that's no. for Horsemen? I thought Super 7 was doing all this themselves and the Horsemen were out of it. Or is Horsemen, or is Super 7 just handling production and distribution? Yeah, Super 7's just moving into the Mattel role, but the Four Horsemen have still been working on the line the whole time. Oh, well, they need to fix that Conan. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the Conan? Did you see it? <laughs> I saw it in the background it, of a shot of the Skeletor I care about. He's got this giant giraffe neck and this tiny little head. Oh. It's terrible. Isn't that what Conan looks like? <laughs> Conan the pinhead. Throwing some mess on Conan. Did you see? I, I don't think I yelled about this loud enough Well, last I time. saw like, oh, Super 7 shows Conan figure. I'm like, oh, neat. Let me check that out. Ah, what's going on with its head and neck? Go they got to fix now. that. They need to scale that head up like 2%. <laughs> Because I, I 100% was barely paying attention to Conan because of the stuff he was standing next to. I, okay. I, you know what? I'm not, I see it when I look for it. It didn't strike me as hard because of the hair and the helmet. Uh, oh, yeah, these are the other ones. So, M-O-T-U-C-styled Voltron, Toxic Crusader, and, and there's a Ren and Stimpy that surely can't be the same thing. But uh, the Toxic Crusader and Conan, like, I can see the Masters of the Universe look to them. But that Voltron, I was like, I really don't think you needed to lump this in with the rest. Maybe they aren't. Maybe it's just a classics thing that they're calling it now. Yeah. But did you see? There was a there was a time I would have been so stoked for that Ren and Stimpy, but I think I'm far enough away from Ren and Stimpy. I'm I'm not getting hype over it. Yeah. They look cool. I'm just not close enough to Ren and Stimpy to care anymore. And then John K. Like Scumming turned out, out to be a creep. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like that, like that spike, was it on Spike TV? Like the, the Re- Red and Stimper revival just well, wasn't that was, fun. That was it before was just, this podcast even, I think. Yeah, but it just, it wasn't good. Like it, it wasn't yeah. pleasant. It, I remember being funny. so, uh, like baby me back then being like in the, what is this? I think it's 05 or 06 when that thing happened. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. But I feel like it was before we started this podcast. But I remember I was so yeah. excited about it based on all of my childhood nostalgia. And then I watched the first episode and I was kind of like, well, I guess it's sort of funny. But it's feel, it feels like it feels like someone way older than me telling jokes that I thought were funny a decade before I'm watching this. Yeah. In a way, like a real kind of like depressing family member kind of way. Yeah. Um. But on the non-depressing side, I think I want... Did you see they're finally doing movie Skeletor? Uh-huh. Did you see it? Holy God! Yeah. They're doing I, it! I, I accidentally started a Skeletor collection. It's by no means complete. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm probably going to have to get that movie Skeletor. I, I don't bo- think I need the gold armor one. I need I need both of them. I need, I need, yeah, I, I I need the gold armor one just because I need to take photos of him pointing at people yelling, Neil... Yeah. That's that's his thing he did in the movie. He was like, Neil! Uh-huh. and he shoot, shoot, shoots laser eyes. <laughs> like, like it's cool that there's a Dolph Lundgren He-Man with a soft goods cape. Like, that's fine. If I got to pre-order these, I'm guessing I probably need to pre-order the wave. I don't really care about the He-Man or the repainted car. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll have to. Because um, when Super 7 put pre-orders up for the uh, the... The second run of the filmation style human and skeletor you could order them separately okay so you might not have to do the wave if you get it straight from if super seven does pre-orders themselves you might not have to if you have to like go to big bad or something then you probably will i think it ends up being cheaper for me to go through big bad in canada 
Oh. Uh, but regardless, like they're like I was staring at these figures, and I'm like, I'm like the only thing wrong with them. It's not even all that wrong. It's just that I wish they had a big ass like cloth cape. And guess what? Someone else can make after these are out is big ass cool cloth capes. Like I can add one of those later. Like those those head sculpts are just doing it for me. I love the f- I love how they did this. Like what do they call it? Uh, it's like the art. The guy who did the concept art. It's like his name collection. Um, I, I the final the the last He Man toys I could ever care William about. William Stout collection. The William Stout collection. Yeah. yeah. The I last, just pulled up a picture, so I was able to see the last He Man toys I could ever be this excited about are finally happening. I remember years ago doing my one and only interview I ever did with Toy Guru at the time just friggin' trying to get him to say something about this stuff that was concrete <laughs> oh god like I have like it's almost self nostalgia seeing these things too like I'm so friggin' hype about these yeah I mean if I can just get regular Skeletor and, and He-Man just because now I've also got like a smaller collection of different style he-mans then maybe i'll do that yeah like yeah these these are these are actually more so my childhood he-man and skeletor because i saw that movie more than i saw episodes of the show because uh i saw lots of the show i've never seen the movie (laughs) oh that movie is the middle of i've seen lots of clips of the movie the middle Um, of that movie is that movie is, is so pieced together that when i was a kid i saw bits of it on tv and thought it was two separate movies until i finally saw it in one go and i was like wait the he-man movie turns into the the movie where they're sitting in the chicken wings parking lot turns into the movie with the throne room what is that why there's a car in the throne room and like i was like i think i was like eight or something at the time and i was just like my mind was blown i was like that's those were the same movie uh well i was hype um, when I heard as a kid that there was going to be a live action He-Man movie, I was like, yes, I'm in it, into it. Like, let's make this happen. And then it, as soon as I saw commercials for it, it was like, why are they just in a, why are they in LA? Why aren't they, they on no, Eternia? Cause they have no what, money. What's suddenly. going on? <laughs> Who is this creature? This creature isn't from, what is that? That's not for, who's this bald guy with an eye patch? That's not from He Man. Blade. Like, this is ridiculous. Where's Trapjaw? Where's Merman? Beast Where's, Man was in it. Where's Ram Man? Where's where? Are, why are they making up garbage? Where's Orko? Why are they making up garbage new characters when they could be? Why are they in Los Angeles? Because that the story and of that then movie I, is then I was like, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not going to watch this movie. Like, forget it. I'm that, out. <laughs> but one of the best parts of that movie is that they had a lot of money and then suddenly didn't. And so there's like parts of that movie that are super high budget, well put together, and then there's th- swathes of that movie where it's like this is where the money ran out. But the guy producing this movie was like borderline violent. Like, no, I'm making my movie. <laughs> like the final fight scene between He Man and Skeletor was cut, and they lost the studio time, so they broke into the studio to film it on a soundstage. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this isn't the He-Man podcast. There's a bunch of those, I think. Uh, anything else Toy Fair-wise you want to cover? Uh, off topic, I can run down a list of the things that stood out to me. I would be cool I with that. I took some notes. It's Toy Fair it's, relevant. It's not very long. All right. Um, and I'll keep to the point. So, yeah, I mean, we covered all the Super 7 stuff I was going to have to say. I was going to bring up the movie stuff, the Conan, 
Voltron looking like erasers. Um, one of the things I got super psyched about was in the Storm collectibles display. They have Sagat. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott is my favorite Street Fighter character not to play. I stink playing with him. I'm not that great of a Street Fighter player to begin with. Um, but I think Scott has the best story arc of all the characters through the series. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my dude. So I'm totally getting that Sagat. Try to stop me. You won't be able to. I'm not trying to stop you. Um, in the, the, the Mezco 112, uh, display um gomez looks really fun and david fake eyes tweeted a bunch of pictures of the one he got Mm -hmm. and i got super jealous um i friggin that that was that was the moment where i was like i'm really sick and tired of never going to toy fair (laughs) and saying i'm gonna and then forgetting and then having something go on that weekend every year since i've been in toronto because yeah, for those who don't know, Gomez is like the kind of bughead mascot of Mezco, yeah. and uh, they they have him up for pre order. They had one pre order sold out. They have another one up uh, for <laughs> Gomez, and he's just a he's a bughead dude in a in a suit jacket and a and a, and a tie and a, and a big jacket. Uh, press folks got him with Blade as part of the Mezco uh, press bag, and uh, press folks taking fo- photos of Gomez is very jealousy inducing. That thing looks cool. And. Um, trying to find the Mezco site to see if it's still available. And uh, something about a taco truck came up, so that's wrong. Okay, here we go. Oh, my girlfriend got very excited when she uh, saw my monitor and saw the pictures of the Warriors 4-pack. Oh, yeah, that's going to be expensive. And she was like, there's Warriors figures? I'm like, it's going to be really expensive. It's going to be really expensive. She's like, but it's the Warriors. I'm like, if it was was two two 2-packs... Then I would support getting Swan and Ajax. <laughs> I don't want the Baseball Furies, yeah, um, for that kind of price. And then I imagine there would be a bunch of people who would want as many Baseball Furies as they could get their hands on, so they could custom paint the whole gang. Yeah, uh, I think they're messing up by making it a four pack and yeah. not two two packs. It's a four pack, just like the Ghostbusters. It's two hundred and seventy five U.S. dollars. Uh, yeah. twenty five bucks less than the Ghostbusters, I guess, because they don't have as many shirts. Uh, and proton packs. Uh, Gomez Agent Edition is ninety five bucks. Uh, first run with the goodie bag sold out. Uh, second run, same price without the goodie bag, oh. but it comes with the Gomez comic. Uh, is on wait What's list. What's in the goodie bag? Uh, I'm assuming it was the press goodie bag. Okay. Um, as long yeah. as it still comes with that skull head. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. It still has a skull head. That skull head's dope. Yeah, you got to get on a wait list, but it's uh <laughs> Okay, it's I'll have to do that after we're done here and I go back downstairs. Yeah. To my other computer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I can't do it on this computer. Oh, yeah, because this computer doesn't have, like, all my PayPal and other informations. Okay, back to my little list. We're almost done. Yeah. Um... So the boss fight studio booth. Um, oh my god, I get, I'm gonna have to get the same in Max. Oh they, yeah, they've been they have been teasing those all year. I'm really happy that's Good finally happening. Gracious. Um, but then, so I saw one picture of a big wide shot of the whole booth, and then there were like no close up pictures that I saw. Um, I'm sure if I dug deeper and looked harder, I could have found some. Um, but I didn't see any 
description or explanation of what some of the things in that booth were. So there's like a corner window, like they have a counter um, with like, with window displays and like the corner window had these um, horses. That was a Kickstarter. Regular. Okay. I need to know more about these horses. I, I got in on that Kickstarter. Uh, oh man, why did nobody tell me? <laughs> here, I found I found a toy arc. I just went on toy arc to look up the company. Um, but here's like just some close up shots of a bunch of the horses. The Kickstarter didn't go as well as their other ones, but they did get up to having like the wings and stuff and the the extra kits for the knights. Okay, so are they to scale with like five inch figures? Yeah, okay, one eighteenth scale. Okay, yep. I'm not so worried about it anymore. It was hard to tell how large they were from the the picture. Oh yeah, these are scaled with their GI Joes. Like like they have tat yeah. kits for three of their figures that go on the horses. Right. Okay. I'm not as upset about um being oblivious to this. If they were like larger, like one one twelve scale horses, I would have freaked out. There were a lot of people <laughs> saying because boss fights very much just sticking to one eighteen for now. But like when they put up yeah. the Kickstarter, there were a ton of people going like, "Yo, Mythic Legions, if you make horses." Because, like, Boss Fight and Mythic Legions, because their Kickstarters were so close together, I think that there's a bit of uh-huh. shared audience. And a lot of people were just sort of poking four horsemen, going like, hey, four horsemen, if you, <laughs> you want to do some horses up. And I think they, they they do have a Mythic Legions horse coming out. At least they've shown a prototype of one with the big demon dude. Uh-huh. So I think you got horses coming. Yeah. I don't need a lot of horses, but this Dark Pegasus would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. you, you get the Dark Pegasus and you get the Knight of Asperity tack kit for the Undead Knight. Get the Undead Knight on there on the Dark Pegasus. That's my plan. Oh, uh, all right. That'd be okay. All right. Um, yeah, and that's my list. Well, uh, it sounds like that's all of our Toy Fair talk. Yeah. Which brings us to our listener question talk. They're back. After two weeks absent, we're back to some listener questions. We have quite a pile. Uh, Question one. How do you feel about Sam and Max Hit the Road? Fantastic video game. It's one of the best LucasArts games ever made. Still holds up. Play it today. Thanks for that question from our listener, <laughs> George L. Uh, Steve P. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just grabbed a couple questions. This is not from any kind of order, really. So uh, I, I, I used to be more chronological with pulling questions. I kind of just I still will pull all of them if they're on my list. But uh yeah, don't don't worry about it if you haven't heard one and you feel like one of these was asked later. Yours hasn't been lost. Unless you didn't send it to me on the boards, in which case there's a chance it was lost. Uh, I do, I've so far, got a pretty good track record of catching the ones that y'all send me that are not on the boards. But, like, it is a million times easier if you send it to me on TFW because then it's all in one place. Uh, so with that said, this question came from Twitter. Uh, it's from uh, the Silver League. Uh, we sent in a few questions and it said there's no time real thing on these. Just pull them if you think that they're neat. So I grab one of them because... I thought it was neat. Uh, what is your favorite quirk of a Transformers transformation? For example, my favorite quirk of a Transformers transformation is when the Transformer in question can go from alt mode to robot mode while still facing the direction the alt mode was pointed in. Bonus points if they're a car who can transform all the way while having their feet planted on the ground. Example of this include Classics Bumblebee, where his transformation is very cl- uh, true to the G1 cartoons, um, right down to the way his wheels are touching the ground. Titans Return Trigger Happy is similar, but for jets, so you can have him swoosh forward, transform, and if you keep the torso in focus and not the nose cone, he'll be facing 
racing forward by the time he's a robot in a very satisfying and cinematic fashion. I love that stuff. In fact, that's a thing that I kind of like subconsciously think about when I'm first transforming a figure the first few times is like, would this truck, for instance, have to have like pulled in backwards to be facing forward when it's a robot? Uh, it's not like critical for me, obviously, where this is this is just like quirks, but like that is a that is a big one for me, actually. It's uh maybe not so much that they're facing the same way, but that there is a sort of cinematic feel to their transformation where it could easily become like a little sequence of uh of cutscenes. Um Seth, have you got any kind of like specific like transformation quirks that kind of just do it for you when you see them? Uh, one thing I'm surprised you didn't mention already was uh if the head reveal is like an auto transformation thing oh yes where like you flip this part down and bing there's the head instead of having to manually reveal the head yeah or having like, like automatic head reveals there there was a phase where that was happening a lot it seemed it, it, it wasn't then, even uh, it wasn't even automatic so much as it was like just dynamic where like the head revealing yeah. is the last stage and yeah i, I yeah. love that stuff i get a little if the toy wants me to reveal the head early i will often see how long i can get away with not doing the head reveal till the end <laughs> Uh, cause I do really prefer the head coming up at the end to like finish it to me. It's just, it's a great visual, like you could make up science behind it, but just visually for storytelling purposes, like that to me says the sentience of the character is now in his bipedal skull, you know, like, whereas before uh-huh. it might be in the headlights or something. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, one other one off the top of my head is I, and this is, this is not as common, but you know, animated deluxe Optimus. I love it when a toy transforms and they're holding their weapon when they land or they're even swinging it out of the transformation. Oh, yeah. Like, that stuff is... Yeah, that worked really well. Are... Can you think of any other examples of that? Um, there are some where you can kind of just do it by leaving the weapon plugged in. And I was just thinking about it like a week ago and now I forgot. There there were there was a movie character where you could leave the weapon plugged in that was on my mind. Um, yeah. It's, if there's places to store their weapons in vehicle mode, that's good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a quirk or just something that I like. <laughs> I like it when the vehicle mode storage... I like it when the weapon can stay there through the transformation. Uh, that's a big one for me. Because sometimes it's like there's storage, but you have to take all the weapons off before you transform them. And I kind of like it if the weapons can all just stay there. Um, wow. That's, that's Wow. A, that to me is kind of cool. Okay, wait. Breaking news. What? What's up? For for the listeners listening, we are recording this while the, the uh, Academy Awards are being presented. True. Best animated feature film of the year. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That one I would have legit gotten a little angry if it wasn't the one that won. Like nothing well, against... it's just... When does Pixar not just automatically win? Almost never. Yeah. Congratulations, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen any of these movies. Given, <laughs> given the inherent Hollywood political nature uh, of, of that show, I think Spider-Man wasn't going to win until enough people said, we're going to actually th- like just tip the building over if you don't recognize the artistry <laughs> of this animated piece. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is legitimate art, and I, I would have been pretty... And like I said, nothing against the other ones in there, and also I do think that those awards are a sham for the most part. Uh, aside from the part where, like, I, I still appreciate, you know, recognition of peers being given to people who who get it. Like, that's still something to be happy about. Uh, I just don't I don't think of them as having importance to me, really. Uh, 
that would have been it was already insulting when they were like hey no one really cares about cinematography and editing right like that insulted me pretty big uh i would have been a little bit insulted third party style if spider-verse was like just given the mention because <laughs> it's like no sorry that that was that was a, a legit piece of pop art i i want to see it it just worked out that while he was in theaters um i couldn't yeah i also want to see isle of dogs um just because i'm a sucker for wes anderson that pause before you said who won that that actually worked on me too like you <laughs> that was that's the one where that would that would have worked on me you got me i was like he's, what's he gonna say why isn't he saying spider-man <laughs> <laughs> what the hell he's not gonna tell me it was something else was it i don't, I don't want to get angry <laughs> it was ralph breaks the internet okay frankly. good good which is the sequel to the emoji movie from what i hear <laughs> Oh, right. There was an emoji movie and that wasn't a joke. No. Yeah, no. The most damning criticism I heard for Ralph Breaks the Internet is that it's a slightly better version of the emoji movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's even an insult. Yeah, it's like... Because <laughs> like, conceptually, the emoji movie is not a terrible thing. It's just the, the people making it and the first poster was like, we're making the bad version of this idea. It's all right. Oh, man, I, forgot. I don't know. Every review I saw for the Emoji movie just was like, you, you're you not going to believe what a horrible movie this is. Well, that, that'll be in our podcast supplemental where we watch the Emoji movie and then talk about it afterwards. Uh, Seth doesn't know this, but he's actually contractually agreed with me to do that. Uh, I, You know, I would watch it if we were doing a commentary track. True, true. But yeah, uh, Silver League, I hope that hope that answered your question. Like the transformation quirks, I'll say it that I think Deluxe Animated Optimus still did the best swinging the weapon through transformation that I've seen to date. I don't think anyone's ever really topped that one. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- those aren't the only quirks, obviously. But yeah, those are some of my faves uh, by far. Um, I also like it. I got one more. I like it when the transformation happens in quadrants. But it it it's, it happens in such a way where it doesn't even have to be legs first, because often those things end up being like you transform the legs, torso, arms, head. I like it when it's like you can do that, but tactically you can also do the arms and head first, and have the legs come out afterwards, or like like a transformation that can adapt to the situation, the fictional situation, um, but that manifests in the physical toy. I'm into that stuff too. Oh, I thought of another one. All right, uh, when. You can do a convincing uh, Macross Gerwalk mode. Oh, yeah, that's always cute. Because especially when it's not on a jet, everyone starts coming up with other uh, portmanteaus with walk stuck on the end. Yeah. Like truck walk and car walk and dino walk. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Uh, we have one more question here from Dorsk812, who says, Hello, podcasters. I have returned from my yearly question, and it's a big one. Uh, with huge changes happening in my life, such as becoming a father, building a new home myself, and a big promotion, I began to consider the chapters in my life and realized that someday I would have to put collecting aside and maybe even being a dedicated fan. And I also realized that everyone will have a change like that in their lives at some point. Uh, to something of another. So have you had a, have you had to stop in a hobby? Uh, do you see your current hobby habits changing drastically in the future? Uh, for reference, he'd like to actually ask this of everybody. Um, there's a chance I will forget to ask Aaron and TJ. So, uh, I'm putting now I'm now putting the responsibility on all of you, the listeners to remind me if I don't, 
Uh, actually, no, don't remind me. Remind Aaron and TJ, because they'll yeah. remember. I'll just forget if you remind me, so remind them. Seth, let's, like, you've kind of talked about this a bunch um, with the, not only, like, you know, uh, getting a home, but also you've got changes happening in life and in work and etc. cetera. Uh, yeah. So I figured, like, you might you might be a good fit for this one. I I, I do want to throw out there, and and like with that question, we, we had a good follow-up with that question about the, I forgot who it was, the fellow who was, like, my, my wife's friends are kind of giving me a little bit too much crap about my hobby. Um, yeah. We had a happy ending to that one in the replies where basically, like, his wife stepped in and went, like, hey, stop doing that uh, to her yeah. friends. And he told her, like, yeah, that stuff's kind of bothering me. And she's like, all right, I got your back. And, like, that's good. That's communication. Yeah. Always communicate. Um, but in this one where, where you're saying like, you know, you, you would have to put collecting aside and being a dedicated fan. What I'll say is the level you're doing it now, you might need to dial back, but I, I always tell people like, you don't have to be all in or nothing. Like you could still be a collector and a fan while buying like maybe nothing to one thing, uh, a year for a yeah. while. Um, and I'll, I'll throw that over to you, Seth. Cause you, you know, you, like you said, you talked about this a bit already. Yeah. Cause uh, like along with, um, trying to be more fiscally responsible um there was just a realization that there was a lot of stuff that i would buy bring home open fiddle with for a minute take it upstairs put it in a bin and then never think of it again until i had to deal with that bin and then it was like oh there's a couple hundred bucks in here (laughs) that i just don't think about yeah um But then when I get something that I'm really excited for, like that Mezco Popeye, like I'm still going back to that Popeye and just looking at it, just looking at it in my display cabinet, being like, man, I love that Popeye. Look at that Popeye. And then maybe I'll pull them out and I'll kind of like messing with them a little bit. I'm like, man, look at this Popeye. Man, this is great. So I'm, I'm totally getting money's worth out of that. Like, it, it makes me happy to look at it. Um, I don't know her name, and this is going to be terrible that I just realized that I now I need to stop making fun of her. Um, she's a Japanese woman that's become famous for uh, telling people to throw their garbage away. Yeah, my girlfriend's been watching her show on Netflix and almost bought her books at Costco this afternoon uh, until I, I was like, ah, see if you can find them cheaper somewhere else, because that um so yeah i've been teasing like my girlfriend because she was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do what mary Kondo says and i'm gonna put all my clothes on the bed i'm like ooh. so what happens when none of your t-shirts spark joy and you don't have t-shirts anymore and just making fun of her for sparking joy and i just realized that popeye sparks joy <laughs> yeah now when i saw everyone like i didn't say anything about it i saw that whole you know three day long meme happen i was kind of sitting there going like a, I was like, y'all, y'all bookophiles are getting way too defensive about your bookophilia. Uh, but like, also, I was like, Spark Joy is kind of like that's it's that's kind of that is kind of one of the main threads of my current whole exploration of collecting I've been doing through talking and doing that panel I do. And I was like, that 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 is actually super relevant. Like buying things that make you happy as opposed to buying things you think you're supposed to. Like that's that's a huge part of yeah. of staying like sane with yourself uh as a collector without fully just cutting it out of your life the way that uh, i've seen people end up doing which i always thought was really sad because i'm like i see people who 
realize they're not enjoying everything i've seen it in past um and then they're like well i'm just gonna cut loose i'm gonna cut it all loose i'm gonna just step away from the whole thing and i'm like but something in that still made you happy and i think it's a bummer that you have to lose that you know you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater or whatever that saying is uh so yeah like like her whole thing and that and i also you know there were people who went like just so y'all know like mary kondo is like a former shinto priestess who is legit just sharing stuff from that perspective uh oh. in, in a japanese lifestyle setting <laughs> uh so that whole thing i was kind of like i i actually think she's kind of on the ball with a bunch of this stuff yeah but yeah and you it's not bad advice i don't think that advice applies to absolutely everything in your life the way she seems to present it in her show like if i was to put all my clothes into the onto top of the bed and then pick up each article and then determine whether or not i keep it based on whether or not it sparked joy i would be naked all the time because like 90 to 95 percent of the clothing i own is purely utilitarian well then it's like Like, it's like i don't have i'm not a fashion person like i don't have extra pairs of shoes hey like i have a pair of dress shoes a pair of sneakers and my work boots i think you should just try being naked all the time (laughs) a that's that's a colon just be naked all the time b uh, colon i think my bosses will have (laughs) opinions on that as will all of my coworkers. (laughs) they should get with it uh also I, i think i think that um utilitarian function goes hand in hand with with being something you enjoy like to me the the whole thing of like put all your clothes on the on on the bed that is about like the clothes you own for personal expression and for pleasure and for yourself Uh, okay i have almost none of that to begin with well then you're all you've already stripped out the ones that don't spark joy in you've all you've already lived the shinto life yeah and then my girlfriend's like this is how she says you should fold your underwear i'm like i'm not I'm not folding my underwear at all. I'm not folding any of my clothes. It just all goes in the drawer. It fits. <laughs> uh, I figured out. How to... And then she gets mad at me. She gets mad at me because I don't fold my clothes. I just throw them in the drawer. I, I got to take the, the side of clothes folding. It took me a bit. It's fine. It, took it, just, me a bit. it just goes in the drawer. I got I to gotta take the side of clothes folding. You can tell her I said that. I got to take the side of clothes folding. <laughs> she goes, oh, this is how you're supposed to fold your shirts. And then you put your shirts in this way. And then you could see them all. And you could see them all. I'm like. Okay, I have about 12 t-shirts um, that are all from the same company. They're all key t-shirts. They all have, like, the one pocket on the chest. Um, and they are black and they're green. Yeah, so you put them in alternating. <laughs> that's all the colors. <laughs> also, here's the thing I found out a little too late in life. Uh, <laughs> if you fold your clothes, they take up less space. Well, you see, I don't have that many, so they all fit. Yeah, but now they would Whether fit, I fold them or not, they fit. They fit even more. And then no, it'd be you like just squish them in there. No, you squish them in. You just fold them, they put them in, and like, holy crap, half this drawer is empty. I can just start putting toys in here. No. If, <laughs> I'm not allowed to keep toys in the bedroom. Well, if they're in your shirt drawer, who's gonna know? Who goes digging through your shirt drawer? You do. That's Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, they they just fit. I might. I don't have nice clothes. The nice clothes I have are hanging in the closet. You are. Like, you are nice. Most clothes. of that doesn't fit anymore. You you are nice clothes. Oh, you're a sweetie boy. I am. So uh, um yeah, but back to the question at hand. <laughs> um, uh, the other night, I think it was Friday night. Um, in my YouTube recommendations was a uh, a Toy Galaxy video from, I think it was from a year or two ago. I know the so one you're talking about. News. Yeah, about selling his collection. And the three 
three versions of collection that he had. Um, and he basically described what I'm going through right now and like how his collection 2.0 was just everything. It was everything he could get his hands on and feeling the need to finish things. And like, I have to get this because this is part of that. And I have to have all of that. Like I have so much of that, so much of so much stuff. I just don't care about that. I bought because I was supposed to, um, I think it is totally cool to get that stuff out of your life and not do that anymore. Yeah. No, on the, on the back of the panel thing that I've gone through, so continuing, hopefully some more this year, they've been going through talking to people about this. There, there's, I think it's, it's, it's a really important thing to go through where you kind of just manically go after stuff because you like it and then go through the part where you, through doing that, you figure out what do you actually like as opposed to what you, your friends tell you you're supposed to like. And then hand in hand with that, learning the lesson that it's okay to think something is good without also purchasing it. Uh, that lesson applies outside of toys too, but I think that's a huge one. And for figures, it, it matters because every, everything else you can get digitally. Figures you can't. And so there's always this thing that I've talked about it before where someone's like, you know, oh, this Masterpiece figure, for instance, or this Macross star or something, this is really good. I guess I'm, that if I think it's good, I'm supposed to want to buy it. And it's like, no, you don't. And then conversely, people are like, oh, I can't buy it. I better figure out why it's not good so I don't have to buy it. It's like, you can also just say it's good and you can't buy it. Like, that's 100%. That's, in fact, more valid than than figuring out why you don't like it. Uh, it's it's way more valid to just go like, I can't buy that or I don't think that'll that'll bring me enough happiness for my own personal tastes. But it's also good. You know, like there's there's a, a big gradient and for like most of the aughts, I'm really sure that with me as one of the, the guilty parties, a lot of people were operating in this real like hard binary of like, if I like it, it must be bought. And if I don't buy it, I must not like it. Uh, and I think that 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 whole notion has to go away. Uh, we're all smarter than that. And uh, and so to Dorsk 812, I'd say like, maybe I'm just reading your wording a bit more harshly than you mean for it to be. But, you know, you should put uh family first you should put life first if that is what makes you the happiest uh but you don't have to think of collecting as an ended chapter uh unless that is the only way you feel you can put it aside but i feel having seen enough people do this you can just put a pause on collecting you can go through what you have figure out what in it you actually love for yourself like what what informs you the toy fan as a, as a singular person whose subjective tastes matter more than anything else and then from that when things are stable again and you feel like hey maybe i want to dabble in collecting again you'll know way better what you're actually interested in uh, as opposed to what you feel you're supposed to be interested in uh even yeah. subconsciously yeah and just get get the the characters that you connect with the most like i got from the the storm street fighter figures i got ryu i got chun li um i had ken pre-orders but it was violent ken so it wasn't the ken that i would want and instead of being like well it's it's pretty close i canceled that pre-order and then i didn't look at any of the other stuff like none of the other stuff was interesting enough for me until sagat and then it's like well i have to get sagat yeah and that and, that's that's if you have yeah. a character focus going on like you know 
plug in my panel. There's all kinds of focuses you might have, and character is a huge <laughs> one. For me, character is big, but like actually enjoying the tactile experience is huge. And unfortunately, that's why I've kind of fallen off of Storm Collectibles. Is like their stuff is cool, but I have like five of their figures, and it's not like I hate their figures, but it's like their figures just feel like um playing around with them is not what they're really meant to be doing it feels like they're meant to be messed with for about a week and then put on a shelf and that's not me um that and like i was so into the idea of their goro i was so into their goro then i looked at reviews of it and even people who liked it there were things they were bringing up that they said weren't important but i was like to me that is hugely important and it was actually david fake eyes who confirmed i probably would not like that goro and if i dropped 100 bucks on it i would probably hate that goro cuz for <laughs> everything he's doing his ankles are apparently no good uh they're barely mobile um the, the ankle tilt is not there it means that at the very core the dude's stability is not everything i would want uh and so I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to skip Goro like I skipped Shao Kahn because I was reading similar stuff where it's like it's it's a good figure for a lot of reasons. But for my purposes, uh, the figure actually falls short in a lot of really unfortunate ways. Um, yeah. And being able to being able to figure that stuff out without like you do, I think, at a certain point early on you kind of have to exist in the realm of like, if you think it looks cool, you pick one up and mess with it. That's how you get to know yourself better as a toy collector. But then, you know, after some years, you're able to more, uh, well, that's what I'm looking for. You're, you're able to ahead of time, be able to make those calls a little bit more accurately. Um, and, uh, you know, as it goes, as it goes, but, uh, well, well, for me with the, the storm stuff, um, they are i like for me they're an extremely good representation of an art style from that game that i really like and that's why i got ryu and chun li from storm instead of from figure arts mm-hmm. because i like the style that storm was going for more than the style that the figure arts were going for um but like if it was f- f- five years ago i probably would have been buying all the street fighter figures regardless of what i thought of the the individual characters same here absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. i can tell you i would have been collecting yeah. everything storm made um so i i think it's better now because i'll i will appreciate the three that i have more yeah. than if i had however many there are what are the maybe like 12 and there's a couple other characters i would probably go for um like if if they did a ken that was really the ken that i want from a ken then i will get the ken um like if they didn't adnan i really like adnan's design i might i may go for an adnan um but they've also done characters that i don't care about whatsoever like so much so i don't even know their names <laughs> yeah and like like there's not and if you're way in a street fighter and you're way into what storm does like they're your jam like collect it all that's completely solid like i there's lines i collect everything from right now because i just like what they're doing uh and i might change my mind later because going off the question like i've rarely had like an entire hobby stop um but i have had like just things kind of just you know I've, I've stopped buying figures from one line or another and not because the line sucks like i i don't really collect sh monster arts i picked up the shin godzilla ones because i like that movie a lot and there's exactly 
1.6 monsters in it so it was like that's you know <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't a, that that much of a of a battle to do um but like super robot I got three godzillas and two mecha godzillas and then i was like i'm good on godzillas <laughs> yeah or, or like uh, marvel legends and star wars black series i've basically fallen off of right before they got their new renaissance it turns out but that didn't bring me back <sighs> in because i was like i just don't think i actually enjoy these as as purchases of what they cost uh i don't like star wars enough and i like i like comic characters but i've discovered i don't actually care that much about action figures of them most of the time like they have to be really specific ones it turns out and which surprised me like that that is something that i did not expect until it happened where i was like i actually like as much as i love like spidey 2099 like i don't feel like i actually need the figure of it uh dark hawk was like the absolute cusp of the line of like i do actually want this figure and I'm completely disappointed with it, but I like it because it's Darkhawk. Uh, but like, yeah. like Super Robot Shogokin is one of my favorite examples of like everything about that line is is pre- precisely up my alley. But there are just a few little things about it where I was like, this has become a line where it's okay. I feel okay to not actually buy it, but still really like it. Like I, th- I think Super Robot Shogokin is excellent. I don't really own many, and I don't I don't buy it very often. But like the new releases that do come out, for the most part, I think looks super damn cool. Uh, and I every now and then, speaking of Super Robot, you're joking. Um, every now and then, I go looking around for that God Mars, and uh, I, I just I can never bring myself to spending for it. Oh, that's the Solo Chugokin one, I think. You oh, mean. Solo Chugokin. That's, that's oh, the, the big... heroes were the shorter one, the smaller ones. Yeah, yeah. Super Robot Chugokin were like the six inch action figure ones. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, Solo Chugokin, 100%. There are toys in there I think are, are, are works of art that I'm probably never going to actually buy. Because uh, I, I went through that phase in, like, 07 when I was in Japan, and I got, like, Solo Chugokin, Ideon, and Gunbuster. And it's like, those were magnificent. And I looked ahead, and I was like, I don't think, like, I actually need to handle all of these to um, to regard them as as works of art in the context of what they are, you know, in the field of Chugokin robots. Um so, you know, yeah, this is a much longer conversation I can roll off into about everything I basically was just saying, but like prolonged, you know, like there's just so many times where it's like it, every time that I like, not just me, every time someone wants to sell something and someone's first reply is, oh, what's wrong with it? Why don't you like it anymore? And it's kind of like, that's not why they're selling it. That might not be why they're, that might be why they're selling it, but you're not always selling something because you don't like it anymore. You might just be selling it because you've had your time with it. And I, uh-huh. I don't know why it brings me such frustration, but I'm just because I always feel like I have to like justify why I'm getting rid of things in the in the line of logic that if I'm getting rid of it, I must not like it anymore. And it's like, that's not what's happening. It's just that this is a thing I've determined. I don't yeah, need I just to, don't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to own it. I still like it. I just don't need to own it anymore. I've owned it long enough. Uh, Anyway. Consumer culture is a whole big thing. Go check out Why Do You Enjoy the Toy. It's a really good set of panels by me. <laughs> I need to put more of them on YouTube. Uh, oh, can before we move on to the next listener question, can I b- bounce back to a Toy Fair thing I forgot? Yes. Okay, so I remember some time ago you were very upset that there wasn't merchandise from a specific movie except for a Funko Pop. John Wick. Yeah, so are you hype or are you... the how Look... When you look at pictures of this John Wick figure, does it spark joy? Which, what do you mean the diamond one that's just a statue? The, no, the posable one that has joints. So there's a couple of them. I don't, I don't know which one you mean. <laughs> okay, well, I'm looking at a picture of a posable one with joints, not the statue one from Diamond. Is it from Diamond, though? Uh, it is in this 
Tony Bacala's top toy fair moments. Let me see. Tony Bacala's um, top toy fair moments. <laughs> from the Toy Arc website. Uh, uh, I'm going to assume okay, it's the wait, diamond I followed one. a link. Yeah, okay, I'm going to send you this link. It's in this Toy Arc um, article. Okay. I will assume enter. this is the diamond one. Oh yeah, it says DST. That's diamond. Yeah, this is yes. this is diamond stuff. So diamonds, John Wick, uh, is one of four John Wick toys that are articulated that are coming. Sorry, one of five. I didn't realize that Diamond was doing two of them. I just noticed. Um, so I'm not like super hype for Diamonds John Wick specifically. Okay, but. I am hype that Diamond is doing two, and Mafex is doing two, and Hot Toys is doing one. And so, because I like John Wick enough uh, that he somewhat transcends some of my needs uh, out of an action figure, I've decided that for now, the plan is I'm just going to pick up all the John Wicks that have articulation. Because <laughs> I also don't think this is going to keep going on. I think that this is kind of the... Because the third movie's coming out this year, I feel like this is the John Wick action figure year. And I want to I want to participate. <laughs> I feel like I want to take part in it. Um, okay, if I was a big John Wick fan, where I'm at in collecting right now is I would be studying all the photos I can find of all the different versions and deciding what is the Alpha Wick. Oh, and so then I, that is the one I would get. I have done that um, because the the reason why I'm saying I would probably pick up the Diamond ones anyway is because they'll be at my comic shop for like twenty or thirty bucks. Um. So there's a certain cap on my expectations for them, and there's a certain cap on how much of an impact I feel they would have on my life in general, like picking them up. Um, the the Of the, the actual ones that I think are going to be real good action figures, the Mafex ones I'm tentatively excited about. The problem is Mafex, to me, is always a dice roll as far as whether or not I like the tactile feel of it. Like some Mafex figures... Of the handful I've handled, like one or two of them I thought were pretty good. One or two of them I thought were not very good. Uh, Mafex Darth Vader I thought was a disaster. Uh, the the one that everyone likes, the the one you know, from Rogue One. Um, then uh, the Hot Toys one, generally I don't like Hot Toys because the tactile feedback on them is generally a mess. But generally, I've been thinking about their superhero and sci-fi ones. John Wick is a is a one-six scale body in a suit, which, in my one-six scale experience, have been the best one-six figures because generally, I say generally a lot, they are just decently articulated. I don't have to fight against rubber, you know. Like I, I if Hot Toys puts like rubber joint covers on their John Wick, then that thing goes to the bottom of the barrel. But I expect it'll just be a posable figure in a suit, which is the best kind of one six scale. So that one is kind of the top of the heap for me because it looks the most like John Wick and it's probably going to be the most playable one. Um, unless the Mafex ones are good Mafex, in which case they'll be the most playable ones. So I've, I've kind of done my research a little bit. Um, the diamond ones are the cheapest in every sense of the word. They do look pretty good for diamond, but these are the ones that are on display at Toy Fair. My uh. my secondhand understanding um, via our, our our pal Nick is that what they show at Toy Fair does not necessarily communicate what you'll see on the shelf. Um, and Diamond are not like they're not necessarily like. How do I put this nicely? Because I was going to say something that was a lot more mean. 
Should I just say the They're mean thing? They're not good at their jobs. <laughs> no, it wasn't about Diamond. Um, their stuff is not like as likely to be dice roll busted as a NECA piece is the mean thing. Um... But when their stuff is busted, it's real busted. However, <laughs> their stuff is not always busted. It's sometimes just kind of boring. Uh, so I, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. that all. Well, I'm mean. not impressed with these Bruce Lee figures that are in the same display as the John Wicks. <laughs> the Bruce Lee statue looks okay, but it's a statue. I just saw those figures, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to scroll over to them and it's taking me through everything but those figures. Here we go. Oh, those head sculpts ain't doing it. Oh God. The one with his mouth open super ain't doing it. <laughs> no. Okay. The one with his mouth open, but the dead eyes, the one with the bow staff. With the with no shirt on, yeah, that head sculpt is bad. That is pending approval. It should not get approved. <laughs> Whoever they're waiting for for approval should say, "I don't approve this. This head sculpt looks real bad." <laughs> I don't know. I think the uh, the open mouth with all the top teeth showing on the yellow jumpsuit is is even worse. I don't think it's. I think that the other one is worse. But that's not me saying the other one is good. <laughs> I think I think the one on the shirtless Bruce Lee is worse because there's no emotion in his eyes. <laughs> like the one where you can see the top row of teeth, at least there's like an expression on his face. It still doesn't look like Bruce Lee, but there's an expression on his face. It also looks like his bottom teeth are missing. Okay, his tongue is over them. I don't know, these are bad head sculpt. Why are these? Okay, there's a normal head sculpt on the table in front of the yellow jumpsuit one. That also looks bad. It just it doesn't look like Bruce Lee very much. How about these old super deformed ones? I mean, are they action figures? They're the little statues. Yeah, they actually look more like Bruce Lee though. Those head sculpts are better. <laughs> what that's okay, you know what that actually makes me a little bit salty. So you actually have pretty decent <laughs> Bruce Lee head sculpts on the PVC figures. You just pop one of those off and put it on the other one, like. You, <laughs> I like the one with the sunglasses and the peace sign. Oh, yeah, that they all all five of those SD head sculpts look better and more lifelike than the ones on the posable figures. Come on, you guys! Uh, you guys, like step, friggin' step it up a second. All the Bruce Lee head sculpts that aren't on the articulated ones look better. Every single one. I'm scrolling through them now. <laughs> Even the friggin' Mezit ones look bad. The, the whatever, the not Mezits, the not Legos, the, the tiny boys. What's Diamond? Mini Mates. Oh, yeah. The Mini Mates ones look more like Bruce Lee. They capture these Westworld. These Westworld figures have better Bruce Lee heads than Bruce Lee. Okay, well that's just getting silly. Let's settle now for a second. <laughs> what I mean is the Mini Mates caricature Bruce Lee more accurately. Then the posable ones try to just be Bruce Lee. I don't know. The Bruce Lee stuff's getting... Let's talk about how cool the John Wick stuff is. Okay, we already did. So good job, Diamond. Well done. <laughs> just stop. Uh, anyway, Seth, I grabbed us one more listener question because I realized we talked about the cartoon accuracy thing briefly, right? Yeah. We actually have a listener question that's all about cartoon accuracy. Uh, this yeah. comes from Simeon Scott. Uh, it says greetings oh, podcast. This is a surprise one. Yeah, that's right. I just threw this in because you also you had said like before we move on to the next question. I looked and I was like, there is no next question, oh. so I'm going to stick one in <laughs> here. <laughs> greetings podcast podcast writers, Vangelis, Aaron, TJ, and or Seth. 
It is I, Simeon, the Vacuminator Scott, long-time off-and-on listener and occasional question-asker back here again to bring up that I've recently noticed across the board, Transformers toys seem to be steering more and more towards as accurate to G1 animation models as possible, no matter the cost to things like transformation articulation. The independent transforming toy scene may have started it, but in the last year or so, both Takara and Hasbro have been doing it uh, with figures like new Masterpiece Megatron and Optimus, and uh, just revealed today uh, that he's writing this, um, Siege Jetfire, and... uh, (coughs) He says he's honestly not really happy about this, as in his opinion, some of the best Transformers toys out there have been the ones that capture uh, the spirit of a character's look, but take artistic license to add in more toyetic features and details, like Titan's Return, Blaster, MP-10 Optimus, Thrilling 30 Jetfire, and Combiner Wars Shockwave, uh, the Little Legends one. And uh, he says, I keep finding myself thinking if people want things to look exactly like the animation models, why not just go buy statues or figures that don't have to transform? Uh, in any case, my questions to you folks uh, are these. Do you find yourselves at all bothered by the more animation accurate direction Transformers toys seem to be taking? And if so, why? Uh, also, do you prefer ultra accurate toys for other kinds of media? I myself recently went to great pains to track down an original Marvel Select Thanos after reading Infinity Gauntlet for the first time, because while there are better articulated or detailed Thanos figures out there, none of them look like he did in that comic. Anyway, thank you for your time and thoughts, and I hope you get some good discussion out of this. Until next time. That's the other reason I grabbed this, because, Seth, I have that Marvel Select Thanos thanks to you. Yeah. That's some old-time stuff. That's before I came to Toronto stuff, but yeah. 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 Um, So, spoilers for what we got this week off topic Uh edition. Um, Yes, I do like... um, cartoon accurate and other media media toys or however it was phrased i can't read along because it's not in the topic list I, um, i've added it if you go f5 but it's also just a big oh, it's one paragraph what if i hit refresh it's, it's one, anyway one big old paragraph. um yeah like i i totally um dig where he's coming from about the like the kind of fresh takes on familiar things um, I've seen the Siege Optimus Prime in stores twice now, and I think it looks really great. Um, I really, really like it. Uh, but the reason I haven't picked it up is because it's not going to replace an Optimus that I already have, if that makes sense. Like, I have... Optimus is on display and I have Optimuses that are like irreplaceable in a way from my collection. Um, and this it, like if I'm going to get an Optimus or a Megatron or like those kind of characters that I have so many of already, it has to be replacing one that is very like in my head is important. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be um, because I'm not going to have it on display. It's just going to go into like the I want to keep it bin. If <laughs> Like, I'm not sure if I'm articulating all this well. No, I get it. There, so there was so a, okay, good. how much I th- no matter how great I think it looks, I don't it, it's not necessary for me. Yeah. And and. When I when I've done that that why do we collect panel one of the, my favorite things I got from the one of the audiences was a fellow who 
uh, on, on a bit more of an extreme level, uh, is one of the folks who I've, I've seen before online who just collect one... They only want one figure with a certain character name. Um, yeah. Regardless of aesthetics, regardless of continuities, uh, what makes them happy is to just have what they like, like the the one figure named, say, Trypticon, who makes them the happiest, even though the three Trypticons you can get, G1, uh, Third Party, War for Cybertron, or Titan's Return, like, those are three very different Trypticon toys, but, like, the, you know, the, it, that doesn't matter to, to this particular one person's needs which is they just want one trypticon and so it's not like yeah. you just want one optimus but yeah you've got like a finite you've got a finite amount of optimus that you want in your life it sounds like and yeah. so you want to be able to trade one out for a new one if you're going to get a new one yeah and like i'm torn though because it it looks so good in that package <laughs> um it's hard not to just buy it mm. because I do think it looks fantastic. Now, maybe the transformation stinks. I don't know. Maybe the truck mode is dumb looking. I couldn't tell you uh, besides the pictures I've seen. I didn't think it looked as good in pictures as I think it looks in person, you know? Yeah. Um, but then as far as like um, Transformers figures being cartoon accurate, that was one of the best parts about the animated figures was how dead on to the TV show they were. Mm. So that's kind of complicates the question. Yeah. Uh, for me. I'll also I'll throw yeah. in just just cuz that's the one thing I can tell you the that that Optimus does actually have a pretty good transformation. I'm not trying to make you buy him. I'm just saying <laughs> just saying he actually does have a really good I, the, the, it's tr like the truck mode if I had you, something but... to do with it. Like if I had some like if I had something to do with it. Yeah. Because I only have so much display space. Yeah. And so the Transformers I'm putting on display um, are Masterpiece. So it's not going to take the place of my Masterpiece Optimus Prime. Um, because it, it's not going to work. It, like, people are going to be like, what's this little Optimus? <laughs> it's also, if this helps, it sounds like there's a real good chance that there is going to be a redeco of that figure coming out with no battle damage and more of a cell shaded look for the 35th uh -huh. anniversary. So like that also probably complicates matters uh, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. But then like, so when you bring up animated or bringing up animated into the question, you could also argue that those are fresh takes on the characters um, because it's not just the G1 versions. Oh yeah, um, I I think when 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 Simeon Scott says uh, animated, he means the like the G1 animation look that yeah. that's everywhere uh, right now and uh, in both generations and masterpiece. Um, yeah. Well, with with almost all of Siege, um, it's very G1 inspired, but I would like I personally think that it's still new enough and advanced enough like it's better than um some other g1 inspired versions of a lot of these characters mm -hmm. um not so much with the vehicle modes like if you were like full-on wanting g1 style figures then the vehicle modes are going to let you down because they can't do those licensed uh real world vehicles um and then being a series set on Cybertron, then they get a that's their logic for not being that. So it fits logically. 
Um, you could argue if you think the vehicle modes are alien enough looking. Um, yeah, I've talked I, about many times. Get in, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that argument isn't really relevant to to this question, I think. But um, I think with Jetfire being so G1 accurate, he's not so G1 accurate to the cartoon that he's just big flat panels with no details. He still has that siege line detail, but his super G1 accurate silhouette, especially in the jet mode, makes absolute sense for the siege setting being Cybertronian modes because he never had an earth mode. That is his Cybertronian mode. Mm. It always was. Yeah. I, I agree with you that like like he and Omega Supreme and like they straight up said it in some of the videoed presentations they were doing that like as animation looking as they are they also have like that layer of uh, modernized siege greeble texture uh, put over a yeah. lot of their bodies and th- this enters in because I've I've seen this argument happen where people are kind of like you know well when I say G one animation I mean this and then you know other folks who like that stuff who buy you know masterpiece toys based on that go like well siege isn't g1 because of all the greebles and there's like this huge gray area in between but like having said that like i i get where this question is coming from it's it's less so i think the as much as the question says it's talking about animation accuracy i think it is also talking a lot more about that as a general style base rather than being slavish uh that's and all the siege figures like when you just look at their robot modes are closer to the G1 cartoon than the G1 toys. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so if that turns you off, it's going to turn you off regardless of the greeble layer on top. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, um, but but I think this question is more damning toward the uh, the direction um, masterpiece is going. I, I get I get the impression that this, and I, I'm assuming something here, obviously, but like. I get the impression that this question is on the back of the Wonderfest masterpiece Bumblebee reveal. Because uh-huh. a lot of people were heated during that. And in fact, I'm quite happy we weren't talking about it during the Wonderfest weekend. <laughs> uh, also because the toy, we, we got way better looks at that figure after Wonderfest with like the backpack actually closed up uh, more tightly. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is a lot more about the masterpiece toys. I agree with you. And uh, like you and I have talked about it like like. As a solo topic, 100%, I think that more people should be open to the idea of buying G1 cell model figures that don't transform, that are just the robot mode, but, like, really posable. And yeah, it looks like... I'd, I'd be into it. Yeah. Me, me and Seth, I think, specifically, of everyone on the podcast, have numerous times in the last, like, year or two said that that should be a thing, and it's kind of... It's not ludicrous, it's just like, and it's not even frustrating, but it's just like, I always sit here going like, why isn't this a thing, and why are, why is the target audience for that, who I think would love it, constantly asserting they don't want it, and their reasoning is it has to transform, and then it's kind of, that's that, and it's like, you, you, you gotta, at some point, if you were having that conversation with me face-to-face, you'd have to put up with me really starting to dig in at some point, going like, you gotta tell me something more than it has to transform, because it's Transformers. Because it, because yeah. Transformers that don't transform are dumb is a catchphrase, right? Like, that's that's a bunch of words that you put on the topic of a YouTube video. It doesn't mean anything. So, like, you gotta, you gotta say, in my opinion, anyway, you, like, at some, you can just say that, and that's fine. I'm not saying everyone has to, has to defend themselves, but, like, 
at a certain point when I see that is the only reason given, I'm kind of like, that's such a friggin' boring answer. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if that's what you want is as cartoon accurate as possible and you're not going to transform it, then it's going to the the possibility for it to be even more cartoon accurate is there when it doesn't have to have all the moving parts and then it'll be like is cartoon accurate that that first release of megatron and not the original megatron but like the yeah. the newer megatron like as cartoon accurate as that is it could be far more cartoon accurate if it didn't have all the hinges and folded up bits and everything else yeah and it would also be cheaper, you know. Yeah, like we're we're repeating ourselves now, so I'll, I'll try to stop It'd be myself. A fraction of the part count, because because yes, the the answer I get in response to that is like, yeah, but I I want it to look like that robot, but I want to also know that it can transform, and like that is a one hundred percent valid thing as long as you as long as you you state that, and you don't like talk around that like that 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 is a position as a collector to find yourself in, but you got to also accept every part of that position that you want. A good-looking robot mode that you're not going to transform, but that is that has the capability of transforming, even if you don't like to transform it. That is, yeah. And good news, they're doing that right now. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so, congrats. You're right now. You're pretty much getting what you want. Because also, like my immediate answer to the question of like, do you think honestly, whenever the question is right now, uh, is Transformers doing too much of X, Y, or Z? I'm kind of like. No, it's it, it's not because it's doing so much of all three of those. You actually have all the choices in the world as far as like what figures you want to pursue. Like right yeah. now, there is MP10, who's a lot more like a chunky G1 toy with some of the cartoon put into it. There is Magic Square's unofficial Masterpiece Prime, who is like MP10, cleaned up a bit more, modernized by a number of years, and slightly more cartoon. There is Transform Elements, which is actually kind of magical how much it looks like the cartoon robot while still turning into a good-looking truck and not being a terrible process. And then there's MP44, who is full-on doing mass shifting from the cab into the legs uh, on, a, on a transformation that none of us know how it works yet. Also, there are, there are four of them. Uh, if you include the two unofficial ones, uh, that all have right now growing followings. Granted, MP44 maybe a bit less right now because it's not out yet, so it's the easy one to hate. But like, you know, <laughs> if MP44 was the only thing coming, then I would say yeah, there's a real big fight to have. But like, unless you obviously, unless you're way against the unofficial ones, or they are doing it for you, I guess you you got well two other options that just came out. <laughs> yeah, and if you're just talking about your Optimus Prime options. And you don't want any of those masterpieces because you don't want any you, the prime you want isn't that big, that expensive, and that cartoon accurate. Then you could also get Siege Optimus Prime, or the yeah. or you could get the the uh, the movie style Optimus Prime, or the the redeco of Siege that it's probably happening for the thirty fifth anniversary set. Yeah, like or you could get that cartoon series, the current cartoon series Optimus Prime. Like there's there are just from official Transformers tons of options of style. Mm -hmm. And like, then you, I could go to Target right now, and there's three style options on the shelf. And then every single space in between those options on the on the line graph are almost all of those now are occupied by pretty decent unofficial toys. 
So like like I mean we're just talking about Optimus, but like as an easy as the easiest example, uh, Optimus Prime, like there's the fact that there is so much coming out means that like you you really this is a time where you have a lot of options to pick from and that's not a bad thing it it may end because the more options you have the more that'll go away but you know just think in the now for now like (laughs) that's all that matters is people who enjoy you know stuff as as consumers um like the the amount of choice right now is kind of unprecedented like it's ridiculous um this didn't happen before like when yeah. <laughs> when Armada started, that was it. Like that was it, and that was the first vehicles since. Well, I guess Machine Wars had vehicles, but they were like crazy CGI polygon vehicles or Beast Wars, Beast um, Wars or Beast Machines. What's up? Well, Hi. what did I say? Machine Wars. <laughs> yeah. I meant Beast Machines. Yeah, I meant Beast Machines. But like, well, and then was. Machine Wars, the last Machine Wars was the last one line before, before Beast Wars. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so there, there had been a long time where if you wanted truck, not monkey, then too bad. <laughs> and then, it, then it, if you liked monkey, hey, here's new truck, and if or fire truck, if oh no, because car robots was before that was Armada. out in between yeah but then yeah. car robot stuff had all been out in japan in the year before and if you were a super hardcore fan there was at yeah. the time a decent well, point chance is point yeah. is if you still wanted monkey you're out of luck <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm yeah you got and you if got you it. didn't like fire truck you wanted you wanted semi truck too bad it's yeah. fire truck that was the um, era where you actually legit could just take a year off uh, and come back later. Whereas right now, I've seen this. This is actually kind of bouncing off a of Dorsk's uh, question as well. I've seen I've seen the thing happen once or twice where someone who is kind of stepping back from the hobby goes like, "I'm kind of stepping back from collecting." However, between masterpiece and and unofficial stuff, there is this one figure I'm real interested in that we've seen teased. It's coming out in nine months. That's the next Transformer I'm buying. And, you know, so otherwise this this individual will take a lot of the fandom, you know, a bit more at a distance. Or they'll just kind of hang out. They'll just talk about whatever. But they're just sort of sitting there going like, no, I'm pretty hype about this one figure coming out that perfectly fits my current taste and situation. And it's like, yeah, that didn't used to be the way it was. It used to be either you like what's on the shelves or you or you just chill out on the forums for a while or, or take a yeah, break. Like, when I was a kid, if I didn't like G1, I was out of luck. That yeah. was it. Could you imagine having been a Transformer fan in 1984 and hating G1? Well, I mean, it was replacing all that great <laughs> Diaclone stuff and getting rid of the pilots for this dumb living robots type stuff. And like, I, I wrote about it on Usenet back in the day. You can go find that. No, no. Yeah. So in 94, <laughs> that was like this weird rumor that in Japan, they came with little guys that rode inside. But there, there was no evidence of this. There was only... My dad took a trip to Japan, and that's what he said. I don't believe your dad went to Japan. Why is your dad going to Japan? <laughs> Only rich people can go to Japan. <laughs> it's so far away. That's impossible. Your dad works at Macy's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm so to answer one of the direct questions, I am not at all bothered by the more animation accurate direction because a there's so many other options, but b for me personally, as someone who likes transformation the most out of all the qualities of Transformers toys, animation accurate has resulted in some of the most beautiful, unexpected, unthinkable transformations uh, in physical toys that I have ever seen in all of my time loving this stuff since I was little. So, like, 
aesthetically, I, I'm not going to tell you you have to like it, but for me personally, as much as I do really love the class, the neo classics thing of like, you know, taking a lot of artistic license, and I think that's some of the most interesting looking stuff, I am always down for the engineering challenge of going animation accurate and also making the process fun, which, uh, to set context, I think MP36 Megatron is fun and a good process. Same thing with Sunstreaker. Same thing with Masterpiece Dinobot from Beast Wars. So, like, those specifically are fun in a way that a lot of, like, say, fans' toy stuff I don't think is fun or inspired in its transformation design. Because that stuff feels like it's just ham-fisting its way from point A to point B on on jointed sticks and billions of hinges. Whereas MP36... As complicated as that thing looks, in my opinion, it is a, a, a sublime, intuitive process, that thing. Uh, and it, 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 same thing with Sunstreaker. Like, those things just shock me uh, in, in a real good way. Um, more recently, like, like there, there have been, what is it, Unique Toys, Movie 5 Optimus, uh, Movie 4 and Movie 5 Optimus. Uh, that thing also just friggin' shocked me how good that process is for how much of a of a straight up physical transformation there is going on uh so i th- I, I don't know i i don't want to start harping about it this is like i always feel like that gets left behind when people talk about animation versus non-animation um it feels like with masterpiece stuff the transformations are are often left on the table in a lot of conversations and like that's that stuff's super important and then like on, on the downside for instance with that new bumblebee I think that thing's actually looking really cool. Uh, one of the victims of what it's trying to do is that the backs of the feet don't look very good. Um, and that there's nothing sealing up the sides of the backpack, which Sunstreaker does, uh, which I think makes him look a lot better. Uh, I wish that stuff was happening on that Bumblebee. I have a feeling I will deduce why it's not when I mess with the thing in person at some point. Because uh, usually that stuff, I find, kind of presents itself once you figure out how the rest of it works. But... It doesn't mean you have to like it, but like, it, yeah, they're, they're, this conversation about animation versus not animation accurate, like always seems to be a lot more binary than it actually is, in my opinion. Uh, not this question specifically, but this is just like it's activating a bunch of those hackles. Uh, Seth, outside of Transformers, do you do you go ultra accurate? Do you need stuff to like look like it really is supposed to? Uh, outside of Transformers, it depends on the thing like. um the Marvel Legend figures that I'm still going after are the movie figures. Mm-hmm. So they better look like the, the friggin' character from the movie. <laughs> um, and then same with Star Wars. Like, if I'm getting a Star Wars figure, then Star Wars Black Series better not decide to take a sharp turn stylistically changed with a stylistic change. We just cracked the code on, like, <laughs> printing human heads, and we've decided to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, everything's like uh everything's sculpted to look like it's from the droids cartoon. <laughs> like, we, wait, what? We decided to revisit yeah, we're starting over. We're going back to nineteen ninety five and everyone has superhero proportions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the power of the force line. Yeah, pec- yeah. pectoral Luke. Yo, Luke is Jack dog. <laughs> I do want to see Black Series Pectoral Luke. Uh, like Look maybe how get, thick this C three PO get four horsemen in to do it like like Masters of the Universe style Luke Skywalker like I'd kind of be down oh, for that I'd kind of oh, be Lord. into that <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of I'm in a silver spot like for me it is really like it's case by case uh, I do like 
super accuracy on stuff that's based on a real life suit. Um, you know, like like SH Fig Arts based on Tokusatsu or stuff based on, you know, superhero movies or sci-fi movies. I do like a certain level of accuracy, although I'm cool with skewing away from accuracy for the sake of smoothing the aesthetic. Uh, and then simultaneously, I'm cool with seeing lots of joints as long as they work well and the posability is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, yeah. Like, if it's a, a figure based on a cartoon character, I want it to be posable. So I'm not going to get up tight if I can see shoulder joints and stuff, as long as it's not poorly done, you know? Yeah, that's that's something you're never going to really get me to agree with yawn is if someone tells me like oh but the joints the, the it's always the phrase the joints are breaking up the sculpt i'm like all right we'll buy a statue yeah i'm like i'm like <laughs> listen the joints have to I, i'll say the joints are breaking up the sculpt in a bad way if it's if it's ludicrous you know like if it's really ludicrous and the joints don't feel good but that's very rare nowadays and i i do like it when the articulation's more hidden but when a toy costs less than 50 bucks i think it's asking a little bit much for the articulation to be engineered to hide as well yeah um that's that's stretching it a bit yeah now going back to my trashing the doll arms on the warriors figures yeah um it's not the joints that are throwing me on that it's that those are smooth plastic arms where the faces have pores and whatnot (laughs) those those are those are base buck body arms that have been around for a couple years and are always a problem is the way i would describe them (laughs) yeah it's like it's like it's, a, it's unfortunately like, come on. <laughs> those dudes are all wearing vests with no sleeves so yeah. you can't do anything about it <laughs> and like i i think that having base bucks is part of how 112's entire model works but a certain point is kind of like for some characters for some situations and i would say the warriors is a big situation like do up some unique arms and charge another 50 bucks then do those two as a two-pack there we solved it there you go we solved the problem Make make those two named dudes the expensive two pack. What has unique, you know, normal person arms? And there you go. Then you sell the baseball furies with their sleeves. So you don't have to. Hi- you can hide everything in the sleeves. Sell them as a two pack. Hire us, or you know, hire Seth. I guess he he lives in the states. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I hope that answered your question. Um, Simeon Scott, the Vacuuminator uh seth any other thoughts on that question or shall we bump into the finale of the podcast oh let's move to the ending what we got this week seth i got i got some transformers okay i almost bought that optimus prime today (laughs) i was real close but i didn't (laughs) i feel like it's gonna be a thing that you look at a bunch of times i'm getting that impression not that you're gonna buy it i feel like it's gonna be a thing you look at when you walk past it so if stuff ever went on sale, like I I don't see toys on sale ever. Yeah. Or if they are, it's like it's got a target clearance sticker and it's like a fifty cent price difference. It's not a real sale. Like ever since Toys R Us went away, Toys R Us would actually have sales. They do actually um, have sales. They do. Well, not here. Yeah, no. They don't have anything here. <laughs> Just confirming. Um Yeah, like I stumbled across a video, speaking of Canadian Toys R Us, of um, uh, Zack Ryder, and I forget the other guy's name, from WWE. Um, They do videos where they bop around to toy stores for whatever city they're in for, Mm -hmm. uh, for WWE. And they were in Canada, so they hit up like three Toys R Us's while they were there. 
and we're just like oh my god it's like being home again <laughs> um and they went into one and they had wwe figures on sale for one cent each yeah you- and they just bought hex of them to to give away to the viewers <laughs> they were going to do a big giveaway i have seen some you know you know you know shield kurt angle uh-huh. enthusiastic dad kurt angle yeah <laughs> That there is one Toys R Us in town over by Eglinton Station that I haven't been there for a bit, but last time I was there, there was just a billion of that one figure. <laughs> that face times a billion staring back at you. <laughs> I was like, I can't stand here anymore. I have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much Uncle Kurt. <laughs> yeah. So like if I ever saw Transformers on sale, then that that would probably be the tipping point on that prime. Yeah. Like if it was like five bucks off or something. I don't know if you'll see him in person on sale, but you'll see him on sale. What with him being wave one? I'm pretty sure you'll be like worst case. Well, I see it for sale, but not at a sale price. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, once wave one gets gets a little bit longer in the tooth, I think that there's going to be if you do want to no, do I, it. I never see that. I never see Transformers like on or Amazon? Star Wars. Oh, on Amazon. That's what I mean. It's I thought online. you were just saying in general. No, yeah, no, no okay. I mean online. Well, I'd have to keep an eye out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really. I I very rarely check Amazon for toys because usually when I do, it's like some third party vendor and they've jacked the price in some ridiculous way, and it's like, okay, well, forget that. I'll just find it in a store or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to. I try to retweet when people tweet out the Amazon sales, but sometimes I don't see them till like four hours later, and I don't know if it's too late. Uh, yeah, but and I, then I might miss it altogether. I found a couple <laughs> new figures at Electronics Boutique Games in Canada. Uh huh. It's one of the, the we hot used to sources. Have those in America too. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the best places to find Transformers now, because um, they get them faster than Toys R Us, and often like they're permanently ten percent on sale if you have platinum card. So uh, I picked up the new Leader Studio Series toys. Uh, so one of them was Leader Jetfire. It's the farting uh-huh. old man robot from Revenge of the yep. Fallen. Hate it. I uh, <laughs> I'm a, I am surprised how much I like this figure. Uh, like, obviously, this entire figure is a categorical improvement over this rather messy original Leader toy. Um, the thing that I didn't know I wanted in my life was a perfect accurate representation of that robot mode from the movie which the original leader toy was not whatsoever uh but but this has the like kind of way too large bearded face um and like the the proportions and whatnot but it's all very articulated (laughs) and it's like i didn't know i want it's like getting a super well done articulated figure but of like sir alec guinness as obi-wan kenobi like you don't need sir alec guinness to be that posable but if he is and he looks like him, it's like, are you going to say no? Uh, but also, like, the figure has a pretty good transformation. There's only one part that doesn't work at the very end, because there are these L-shaped tabs, and thanks to Akhtar uh, on the feedback thread, he, he he just did it. He cut the L-shaped tabs and was like, the <sighs> entire transformation works better now. Those L-shaped tabs are just misshapen. They're not the right shape, they're not in the right place. And I was like, because, yeah, otherwise, it's like a good transformation. It turns into a blackbird uh, there is some junk underneath, as any toy robot Blackbird will have, but it's pretty good under junk for a Blackbird Transformer. 
the the axe weapon stores seamlessly under there. His cane turns into the front landing gear. Also for the cane, I don't know if you can see it well in that photo, but he's so he's got a five millimeter peg hole that so he can like hold the cane or the axe like a melee weapon. But then he has another five millimeter peg hole on his palm, so you can just plug the cane into his palm and have him balance on it. Uh, and he doesn't need it to stand whatsoever either. Like his leg joints are, are well done. Unlike the original figure, those turbines on his thighs are the actual turbine engine things from the Blackbird mode. Like it's, it's a really good toy. And I haven't even touched the part where he can separate into armor parts for the Voyager Optimus I don't have. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm really blown away by leader Jetfire. Like I really like it. Uh, uh, I like how you said, um, he has a bunch of junk under the jet as any SR-71. Well, you said Blackbird. Yeah. But uh, any SR-71 would, as though that GoBot SR-71 never existed. It, that that one though, has some as junk. As though up. Snoop doesn't exist. That one has some junk under as well. You know, not nah, not a ton. Nah, not really. There's there's some junk compared Fairly. to the compared to the real life SR seventy one. Every time I see a profile shot of that thing, I'm like, all oh, right, that's why there's junk underneath because it, we Fairly. still we don't live in a world of magic. But I would say that Jetfire's under junk well, is. Maybe you don't. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> I went I went there. What's up, Gene Wilder? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring it. <laughs> Whoa. Uh I got some jawbreakers for you. Is that is that code word for I'm gonna punch you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens when you eat them. <laughs> oh no. Uh you might turn into something and float away or that, die in a pipe. <laughs> die in a pipe. That, well, like that, the one kid that falls in the chocolate. He yeah. gets stuck in a pipe. That kid's dead. I mean they're all they're all dead. Yeah, uh that so like that that the machine robo new one does have slightly better under junk. The original Snoop. Oh, I'm not, yeah. The original oh. Snoop has, I think, so, equal yeah. under junk. No. Um but Jetfire's under junk is not bad. It's a beautiful boy. I like I like I like, I like trash Snoop. I like Blackbird Robo a whole lot. And I'm glad that there's now another good Blackbird uh Transformer figure. Uh so I'm I'm way into Jetfire. I think Jetfire is worth it on his own. Um the the com the combination part like it's literally not even on my radar because I don't have the toy he combines with and I feel like I got my money's worth out of this like he's I love him he's he's really he's he's a perfect studio series excerpt uh, as a standalone figure just so well done um, I'm amazed uh, I also got uh, I'm gonna send you the I, URL I just I can't stand that depiction of Jetfire so much I. Nothing you can say will convince me. I'm not. That. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to sell you <laughs> on the toy specifically because, like, yeah, everything I'm saying is like with the. It's it's all asterisk with also it's that jet fire. Um, the other leader toy from this wave is Dark of the Moon Megatron with his elephant killer shotgun and his soft goods cloak. Oh, yeah. uh, I have a better robot mode shot of him. That's just one with the backdrop he comes with. Which, by the way, there's no elephant on it. Big problem with the figure. Uh, well, because he's already dealt with that elephant. Yeah, the whole thing's done. But I have this. I, sh I sent you another. It. I sent you another link. This yeah. is a better, a better I photo. It. Take it easy. Uh, I said, hey, hey, I said, hey, I sent you. Hey, I sent you a link. I see it. I see it. Take so it here's the All thing. Right. Here's the thing about this Megatron, right? I've I've been making fun of that cape every time it showed up at a, at a toy fair or a Wonderfest or a, a Tokyo Toy Show because the cape they had on display looked like Lego paper. Um. The cape on the production piece 
looks so much better. <laughs> it has an actual weave. It's stitched. It's got, uh, like, cut weathering. Um, I don't understand why the Test Shot cape looks so bad, because this one looks way better. Uh, I like this cape a lot. Uh, he also has these PVC um, suspenders, kind of, like, sort of a BDSM uh, chest chain uh, that you can, like, put on to also kind of, like, plant down parts of the cape a little bit. The cape and the chest chains have to come off to transform them. They feel a lot more like action figure accessories than transformer accessories, if that makes any sense. Uh, they can also then be, like, bolted onto the alt mode if you want. Uh, it's not bad. He comes with a little Igor figure who's okay. He's, he's supposed to peg onto Megatron's shoulders or on top of the truck mode, and all the pegs are a little bit too big, so I've been filing open the, the peg holes on Igor's feet, and it's fitting a little better now. Um... I, I like this figure more today than I did when I got him, because I messed with him some more. Uh, it took me, like, 48 hours to acclimatize to him. It's a good-looking figure. There's a lot it does well, but there's some specific things it does badly that were a real bummer to me, because the, the leader price point, the Voyager price point Studio Series has been just a tour de force. Leader price point has also been real strong. Uh, this one, two little things felt like just a big step back. Uh, number one... The transformation's really cool, but at the very end of the transformation, the truck cab is not just hollow, but it straight up just has a big hole in the back, and it makes it look more hollow. Uh, and the, the there's also a lot of tabs that, that align together down the truck cab that it's not entirely clear how much they have to peg together, and then even when you get them all together the front two wheels don't really touch the ground very well compared to the other eight wheels. It just feels like something's mm. something's off, but there's nothing to fix inside of the part that's misaligned because everything else aligns together with this layout. It's a good transformation. It's just, it's a shame that like the truck mode comes off a little bit more rickety than what I expect at a studio series. Um, the other bummer is his hip joints don't play with his torso very well. His torso is like untabbed in the package. And if you try to his, so with the torso fully tabbed into his gut, you can kick the legs forward about 45 degrees. And if they're forward, you can then move them outwards. If you try to move them outwards more than about five degrees when they're standing, they will push his torso up out of its own seating. It won't make the toy fall apart, but when you see it happen, it might just irritate you because you'll see that tab sitting there and it bugs me. And so I was sitting there like, this feels like I'm supposed to pull the hips down to make clearance, but you can't. And so it, it just feels like this very odd, and I hate to use the word, but like oversight in the design the whole figure feels like a very good prototype, if that makes any sense. Like, mm -hmm. it's a really good test shot, and boy, when they go to production, it's going to be even better, except it is production, is how this figure feels. Like, it's, 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 it's like it needed another 15 minutes in the oven uh, compared to a lot of the other leader, leader figures. Like, Blackout, in some ways, is similar, but Blackout feels solid in both modes. Uh, this Megatron just is is not quite up to par and it sucks because it's doing so much right uh but those hips the, the hip articulation thing it just feels like something is wrong in there and i and it's it's not it's not making the, the figure fall apart it just makes one little thing pop out of alignment it's not the end of the world it doesn't even look wrong but it bothers me that that is happening uh so blatantly like it, it just feels like something went wrong in production like those 
those hips are supposed to pull down or they're supposed to be sticking out of the groin like another three millimeters lower or something. Um, and there's just a few little tabs here and there that don't feel as good on this figure. They, f- again, feel very, like, good but for a test shot kind of thing. It's all tweakable. It's all tabs, so I can I can thicken a bunch of them. But I was just surprised how, like, I was really let down by this figure when I opened him up. 48 hours later, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more settled down on him and like, I think he's still he's pretty cool he's just not as good as Jetfire whatsoever uh, and I wanted this one to be better than Jetfire uh, so I, I like these two but Jetfire by and far it was a way cooler piece um, Megatron is just like like I said he's kind of half-baked in a few ways that's my studio series update giving you all the hot fresh tip sets so you can make your studio series decisions Updates, that's doesn't want to buy any of them. <laughs> I got the fresh update. Uh, oh, one other thing. Jetfire does come with abs for Voyager Optimus Prime. Therefore, the leader Voyager Optimus Prime with the trailer is my understanding. Uh, they in no way, shape, or form allow Jetfire to combine with the original Voyager Studio Series Optimus, uh, who I think is number five. In the line, uh, you need the new one, who's number 20-something, I think. Or you need the leader one, and then you replace his Dark of the Moon abs with these Revenge of the Fallen 07 abs. Uh, the new one is apparently just retooled everywhere. He's slightly taller, he transforms slightly differently, and he has all these slots so that he can interact with Jetfire. Uh, so that's the story on those two. That's my what I got this week. Seth, uh, hey. I, got, I, I had a fresh update, but it's been a few seconds. What's the freshest update on you and Studio Series? Uh, I'm not into it. All right, got the fresh update. Seth's still not into it, but we'll keep you updated. Seth! Fre- freshest update. Uh, Roma won for achievement and directing. All right. I heard it looks good. Remy Malik won for uh, performance by an actor in a leading role. For Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, No, for the TV show where he's a hacker. Okay. I'm more into that. I actually have only ever <laughs> seen him so far in Until Dawn, where he plays Josh, I believe. No. Uh, yes, for Bohemian Rhapsody. Everything I saw is that he's the highlight of Bohemian Rhapsody. I only saw a couple clips of it, but from what I understand, he he seems to be the best part of that film. Yeah. On Thanksgiving, um, my brother comes in to the family gathering, and he's like, have you seen Bohemian? You have to see it in theaters. Oh my God, it's amazing. He goes, yeah, some of the stuff in it isn't accurate, but it's a movie. Don't worry about it. It's just amazing. Oh man, the performances. Oh man, the the, the big live performance at the end. Oh man, I, was, I had chills. Oh man, it's so great. You have to see it. You absolutely have to see it. Don't worry about the parts that aren't accurate. It's just a movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> then then he, he, had to, he had to leave early. So he leaves. And then uh, uh, one of my... Uh, girlfriend's brother shows up and he goes has anybody seen this bohemian rhapsody movie oh it's terrible it's not accurate at all oh it's the worst like they don't get any of the details right i would i wouldn't waste my money on it if i hadn't seen it already don't waste your money on it i'm like oh man it's a good thing my brother left there might have been a bohemian rhapsody battle in here <laughs> this some of the specific accuracy things are kind of part of why i lost all interest in that movie <laughs> Because I think it's a little insulting, some of those inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm seeing Bohemian Rhapsody 1 for film editing, and I don't know how I feel about that. But I, all I saw was that one clip that was terribly edited, so maybe the rest of the film looks better. 
I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't have an opinion. And uh, I probably wouldn't be that uh, worried about it. Hey. Either way. Bow, <laughs> Bow won Best Animated Short Film. Good for them. I like Bow. I haven't seen it. Uh, what else is going on here? First, I feel like I should look at what First Man is, but I don't. I mean, it's the reboot of uh, the right stuff. Yeah, it's America wins outer space. Yay! Yeah, well, good for Rami Malek. Good for Rami Malek. I'm kind of happy for. I, like, I don't know why I have this specific underdog image of Rami Malek in my head because I think of him first and foremost as one of the actors in the video game Until Dawn, which is probably a massive understatement of his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I see this, I'm like, "Hey, the guy from Until Dawn won a, an award for a for a big picture movie." Uh, all right. Well, Seth, off topic, which we have off not talked about at all in this podcast. Topic. Did you get anything this week? I did. So while I was at Target, um, they had exactly two figures from the Marvel Legends Captain Marvel wave. Mm-hmm. Um, I had decided I only want two figures from the Marvel Legends Captain Marvel wave. Uh, one of the ones that I wanted was one of the ones they had, and the other one they had was not. So I skipped the Scrawl Man, because it's fine. Um, and I got the Captain Marvel. So there's two Cap... Well, actually, there's like three Captain Marvels in that wave. Um, I got the... One that does not come with a Build-A-Figure part, which is great. Oh, I saw that one at EB. That figure looked baller. I got... It was one of the ones that really tested me on my whole, like, I don't really want to buy Marvel Legends anymore thing. Because that thing, yeah, that so thing looks super good. Yeah, the blue and the red costume. Then there's blue and the red costume with a jacket. And then there's, like, the, the greenish, bluish, turquoise kind of version. Yeah, like, Cree costume or whatever. Yeah. So... Blue and red without jacket is the one that I wanted, and that's the one that they had. Yeah. Um, then the only other figure I want from that is the uh, Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will have to keep an eye out for that. So I got her today. Um, and I just had time to open her before we started recording. So um, the Brie Larson head is okay. They've done much better recently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if this was two years ago, it would be amazing. But now it's just sort of, it's okay for what they've been doing. That does say they, something. They've done a lot better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's only a compliment to that line. Like, that like that new friggin', I'm, I don't know if it's out yet, but, or no, it is, because I saw photos of it. The, the M'Baku Black Panther wave. Yeah. Like, that wave looked friggin' sick. Like, yeah. Um, that's one of those things where it's like, I really want them. But I, I have to figure out if I could justify the cost of the whole wave. Yeah. Because it's it that's all or nothing. Because it's either I'm getting the whole wave because I have because of M'Baku. <laughs> or I'm getting none of it because I couldn't stand having an incomplete M'Baku. Yeah. Um like that might be one of those things where I'm gonna keep an eye out when the next Santa Rosa Toy Con comes around. There's always at least two tables where people are selling build-a-figures, like complete build-a-figures. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what I'll probably do is just wait for that because 
Like I don't need an like the the Black Panther figure in that wave, I don't think is so much better than I already have two Black Panther figures, and one of them is better than the first one. So I don't think the new one is so much better than the good one that I have that I need to replace the one that I already have. Um, and then Siri, Siri, um, the sister Voltron hands. Yeah, Siri is going to be in a two pack, so she's not even in that wave. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then I gotta I gotta brush up on who else is in that wave. Putting Suri in a two pack is probably the smartest decision they made because that two pack is gonna friggin' sell. Yeah. Because also that Suri looks really good. Like that's that's a that's a toy fair prototype, but like like that looks really good. <laughs> yeah. What? Who does she come with? I don't remember. That's how smart this decision yeah. was. They're it's, just gonna like it doesn't matter what it comes <laughs> they're selling. They're selling a more expensive Suri figure, basically, and then people yeah. are like, "Oh yeah, and there's also this other one in the in the box." <laughs> comes with another Suri. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> different outfit. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I I have to relook at what else is in that wave, but I I might just. I th- I think my plan is going to be to just to keep an eye out for it complete and then that'll be cheaper. Yeah. Like it will be expensive for one figure, but it'll be cheaper than buying a whole wave. Yeah. Um I better actually find it now. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully other people don't like Mbaku as much as I did. Um so I can actually find it. You just walk um, around loudly yeah. complaining about the Oscars and then like, like, ah, oh, this is terrible. Anyway, do you have it? Do you have it? <laughs> try to drive away everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So for as okay as the Brie Larson head is, um, you also have the helmeted head that covers up most of what's just kind of okay about it. Yeah. So you can pop that head on instead if you don't like the unhelmeted Brie Larson head. You have an option. Hey. Um, so I got that. Uh, then yesterday, I was sweeping up leaves in my backyard, and then I'm bringing the uh, the can out, the green can for compostables. Um, I'm bringing that back around to the front of the house to the garage, and there's a box on the doorstep. And I went, well, I didn't order anything. This must be for my girlfriend. Uh, so I go and pick it up, and my name's on it. And I was like, oh, are these the friggin' cultist miniatures i ordered from the <laughs> scam site three weeks ago that when i checked the scam site's a uh, little thing it said that it's still waiting on this or ordered it through a supplier um did it actually ship and that thing just didn't update like boy that would take a load off my mind if i wasn't being scammed um and then i i looked at the return address and it was from super seven and I went, what? You're like, scammers! Oh, yeah, I pre- scammers! I, 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 the Super 7 scammers. No, I pre-ordered... I pre-ordered that Funimation uh, Skeletor and, and He-Man second run. Uh, awesome! Like, that was so long ago, I forgot. <laughs> what a wonderful surprise for myself. Um, happy unbirthday to me. <laughs> uh, so I got them. Um, I think the Skeletor is more impressive than the He-Man, but I felt like I had to get both. 
Um, with He-Man's accessories, okay, so he comes with four heads. You got a bunch of head options. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing with these is they're to look like the Funimation cartoon. So there's not as much detail. Things are flatter. That's all great. Um, but accessory-wise, I feel like they could have been more clever with the accessories he made comes with. Because he comes with the axe and the shield. Which would be great if this toy was referencing the original toy that came with an axe and a shield. Yeah. As well as the sword. But I don't have any memory of He-Man using that axe and shield in the cartoon. Maybe there was like one episode where he had the shield. But if this is going to be cartoon He-Man, I think they could have done something more clever or more referential to an episode than the axe and the shield. Yeah. So that's kind of a nitpick. Yeah. That's kind of a nitpick. Uh, it's fine. Otherwise currently I have like the, the smiling head stuck on it. Cause that's the silliest one. <laughs> Actually, maybe the robot face is the silliest one, but the, uh, the silliest one that's not a robot face is the laughing face. And that's what I popped on him currently. Uh, Skeletor uh, is fantastic. That was the one that I really wanted. That was the one I was super upset that I missed out on the first time around. That was the one that I almost spent far too much money on to get. <laughs> Secondary market. And I'm so glad that I didn't um, because I was able to get it radically cheaper by waiting. <laughs> so um, I think that because of the skull face, I think it's more convincing as a Funimation like cartoon model come three dimension than the He-Man. Like the He-Man, I think is maybe there's a little too much definition in in his musculature yeah. to uh, to really play off. Where the unnatural blue skin tone and just flat yellowy fit skull um uh plays up that cartoon imagery more um and i think maybe the unhuman characters are un eternian characters um like like the uh the trap jaw that they showed at toy fair um maybe work better because they're less human looking um but it's I'm not planning on getting any more. Like I got the two. <laughs> I got the two. I'm I'm done. Um so yeah. They're yeah. All right. I mean in my in my case it is literally just like it was easier to, to, to order the two of them. Yeah. But I, I don't really care about He Man as much. <laughs> yeah. And I I've been really bad about keeping up on my emails um lately. So I didn't see if I had gotten like a shipping notice or something. And so I tweet about it yesterday and, uh, and a guy who I'm not familiar with and I'm forgetting the name of right now, um, replied like, yo, did you get a shipping notice or something? Because I'm, I'm waiting on that too. 
And I was like, ah, I don't remember. Like I or I didn't see in my emails whether I didn't or not. He goes, Well, I hope mine's on the way. I'm like, Well, I'm guessing it is, but this is like the only time ever where I've pre-ordered something that's coming from a location close to me. Like the return address is San Francisco. So usually it's everybody else has gotten theirs because they're all either East coast or like, um, middle America. They're, they're closer, like they're Chicago area, or if not just straight up East coast and everything's coming from that region. Like a, like if it's coming from big bad, like everybody else is getting it before me. I'm, I'm an, I'm on the last list. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like the super rare once in a lifetime instance where everyone else is going to be waiting a couple more days to get it <laughs> than I was because they probably could have just driven it over and dropped it off themselves. <laughs> yeah. So when someone's like, do you get a shipping notice? You're like, no, I didn't. Cause I don't need one. Yeah. Well, I probably did. I just didn't see it because I hadn't been keeping up on my emails. Ah, whatever. Um. So yeah, y'all will probably have it by the time you're listening to this episode, assuming you pre-ordered it. If you hadn't pre-ordered it, then you're not going to get it at all. Yeah. Ever. Chew on that, <laughs> suckers. I think I did mine through Big Bed. So I've. Uh oh. Well, you got even more time to wait because they have to get it. And then they have to process it. Yeah, and I also, I also don't ship anything from Big Bad more than like two or three times a year. So it's, oh. it's probably going to be living there for a month or two. You're going to be waiting so long to get it that uh, by the time you get it, you're going to forget that I had it. And you're going to start talking about it like I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'll be like, dude, I already got bored and forgot about those. And I'll be like, did you know they made a Funimation <laughs> Skeletor Seth, I mean I I can't believe you don't know about it. You live there. I thought you were you were friends with Super Seven. Yeah. Uh me and Joey Seven. Yeah, Joey um, Joey Seven even, not just out. Johnny Seven. No. Well, that's his brother. He doesn't do as much. Oh wow. Yeah. Freaking Yeah. Well the real partners are Johnny Seven and um or was it Johnny or did I say Joey? You said Joey. Joey Seven. And uh, Tom Super. Okay, they're they're the ones that really run things. Yeah, well, I mean, I... they're they're the big deals. They're the ones that are going on Toy Galaxy or Pixel Dan or whatever and cursing out the fans. That's really yeah. Well, don't don't get their ire on your on your butt as well. You better go get yourself some more of those Skeletors. Are they gonna, you know, they're gonna approach you? It was Barricade sixty four that was worried about the shipping notices ah all right so hopefully by the time you're listening to this barricade uh you've already gotten yours and emailed them because you didn't like the paint job and, and then they yelled at you and... <laughs> <laughs> they yelled at you for doing the thing that they yelled at you to do <laughs> if you weren't happy like let me say this <laughs> which was email them about it i'm not just generally like <laughs> pro toy companies yelling at the consumer because like you know NECA does that on twitter sometimes and i think the way NECA does it is kind of like not respecting the platform that they've got the way that super seven guy did it in that interview i just thought was like real telling and funny of like some feedback that i know i have read on the internet before 
uh, feedback that sometimes lacks a certain level of perspective and the amount of frustration that can come around from being subject to that. Like, I, I just, I saw a lot of that in that response and I thought it was pretty funny. Anything else, Seth? No, but All I right. see that they determined the best motion picture of uh, the year. Oh, let me go click on the, don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to go for live reaction, <laughs> live react hot takes, live fresh hot takes on the, let's just scroll to the bottom. Green book. Don't know what that is. Neither do I. All right. Well, grats. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh. Um. Yeah, it's about a guy that gives another guy a ride. And then the other guy plays in a band. Okay. And it's uh the guy from that other movie that you probably uh he was um uh Cottonmouth in uh the, the uh Luke Cage. Haven't I haven't seen Luke Cage yet. Oh. Well, when you do <laughs> it's the guy Cottonmouth is the guy from Green Book. All right. Now I think this is based on a true story. Um yeah, so it's like he's like a jazz musician and it's like the, the South is hella racist. And he's on tour, and he has a driver to, to drive him to the shows, and it's a white guy, and they become pals. Something like that. It's one of those movies that make you feel good, I guess. I don't know. All right. I saw a trailer once. One of those you might call it <laughs> Oscar bait movies. <laughs> uh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not going to, you know, it's what it is. It's a movie. Who cares? Somebody is upset that the movie they like more didn't win. But uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Buy the DVD. If you want. Or don't. You have to now. It won. (laughs) Go to the store. Pick up the DVD. If it sparks joy in you. And eat it. Then. Break it in half. You get it. Take it home for free. Break it in half and just eat it. Physically consume it. Om nom 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 nom. It's probably Uh, a bad plan. But. (laughs) anyway i don't have anything off topic really that I, I can think of to bring i bought new card sleeves a new type of card sleeve by ultimate guard called the katana and it feels great i love it so i bought a bunch of katanas for my transformers cards which i guess makes it halfway on topic Woo! slip one of those in at the end of the show uh that's about it for me so seth thanks for joining me oh yeah Cool. On on Oscar night and f- Oscar uh, night, it's a prestigious night when Hollywood salutes itself. And fast lane night as well, right? No, no, it isn't. You could have looked it up on Google while you were talking about whatever for a million years. How did you get that? Way? You could have looked it up. It's not fast lane night. I'm fast forwarding. Sorry, buddy. Uh, also, Seth, do you want to see a funny gif? Oh, sure. Check it out. It's Samuel L. Jackson reacting to seeing the Green Book as the winner. <laughs> A whole lot going on in his eyebrows. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't know about this. I thought it was going to be Black Panther. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm, just, I'm re- looking a little bit more. Uh, seems like Green Book is a real clutch-handed movie from a lot of the reactions. <laughs> yeah. It's some of that clutch-handed Oscar bait. I, I don't I don't know hardly anything about the movie, so I can't tell you. Um, yeah, I am making assumptions. I I tell you that guy was pretty good in Cage. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, all that aside, <laughs> some pretty funny tweets about Green Book now. 
Uh, Seth, thank you for joining me again on this most prestigious night. Uh, Fastlane Oscar night. It's only the Oscar night. What's in Fastlane? Let me know the world championship is Oscar Oscar Lane. We'll be back with some more podcasting later on, uh, unless some big news drops. Hopefully, I can do another whack of listener questions with the the next episode as well. Uh, Start bopping some of those out. We do have quite a few. Uh, Doing two weeks of no listener questions built up pretty fast. Uh, But we'll sort it out. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Uh, Stay tuned for more. Um, Hopefully, I am able to get some more clips up on YouTube of the podcast. If you do want to hear some just excerpts that you can turn on in the background and, and relive... And uh, we'll talk to you later. Until then, stay safe. Auf Wiedersehen. Add all that up. I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.